Welcome okay. back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny. Johnny, what's going on? Hey, Tyler. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Johnny. Johnny, do you want me to just lead in with the fact that Mighty Bomb Jack sold 1.5 million copies on the Famicom? What the? What is that? To please tell, uh, give them the whole fact. Tell them everything they need to know about Mighty Bomb Jack. <laughs> what? What? Do, no one needs to know anything about Mighty no, Bomb Jack. No, what are you no, talking no. The about? Sales, this the sales statistics of the Famicom versus Mighty Bomb Jack. Right. So the original Famicom sold 19 million units in Japan. It's a lot. It's a lot. 19 the, million. That is a lot. lot. I don't have the best-selling Famicom games in front of me. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, things like Super Mario Brothers and Zelda and all that. Um, so I don't know if this is like cracking the top 10 best-selling Famicom games or something, but like one in 10 people who owned a Famicom owned Mighty Bomb Jack, a game that literally in conversations throughout the decades of NES does not come up. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. Nope. No one's really, you know, I, I was reading one of the facts about Mighty Bomb Jack that it received, uh, what was it, from one of the Japanese review magazines, one of the big ones, got the same review score as Zelda in the same magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they gave Zelda, sense. yeah, they gave Zelda 7.5 slash 8, same to Mighty Bomb Jack. So those are definitely comparable games. Yeah, this came up. Uh, this came up because I was looking at the arcade game Naughty Boy from 1982, a game I've never heard of, and I said you, th it's like Robotron-ish, but you throw bombs, and you said, oh, like Bomb Jack, and that yeah. uh, led me down the hole to finding out that Mighty Bomb Jack is incredibly popular in Japan. And uh, if you want to know something else about Mighty Bomb Jack and in, in the history of how pal art, a lot of like Japanese art usually good. And then pal art gets a lot of like weird bad art. Yeah. Mighty Bomb Jack is up there. The Mighty Bomb Jack art for the U.S. is not is not great. But go look at that pal art and you will suddenly appreciate what the U.S. got. Oh, you know what I meant to do last episode, Tower, that I didn't and I wanted to like just tell people about? What's up? I'm just going to show. I'm just going to Here's your advertisement time. Um I want to tell you about the Postal app. And uh Postal app. Yeah, there's a, a US Postal app that I really like called Inform Delivery. And it's actually from the USPS and you can like sign in and link yourself to your address. So anytime anybody is sending you anything, it like pops up like in your tracking in your packages. It's like a tracking tool. You can just be like, oh, informed delivery. And it says, okay, you've got like these pieces of mail that are coming today. And it shows you pictures of your mail. It tells you how many packages you have coming on that day and like what the tracking number is, what packages you have coming in the next couple of days. It's great. Like, yeah, if you get a bunch of packages and it's usually through USPS, you should have this informed delivery app by the USPS. It's great. I can't say enough good things about it. This uh, this episode's sponsored by USPS Informed yeah. Delivery for when it needs to get there. The United States Postal Service. Um, no, I like having just packages randomly show up and it's like Christmas every day. That's my favorite. It's still like <laughs> Christmas, Tyler. It's still like Christmas. No, I feel like it ruins the magic if I know it's coming. I want to come home no. from work and be like, ooh, I got a box. What's in that? No, because you're going to go, ooh, three boxes are coming today. And sometimes they update it like midday, like as they're going through their art, they're like, oh, we're actually going to get this delivered to you today and not tomorrow. And you like, you check, you're like, oh, bonus package. I don't like, I don't confirm what my tracking numbers are unless I absolutely have to. It's a, like, it's an important package, but I'm like, ooh, I got three coming today. I wonder what I'm getting today. It's still very exciting. Mm, I feel like especially this is ruining some like, of the dopamine for me if I know it's coming. 
No, I don't think so. I think you're. I think you're underrating uh, anticipation. I guess I get. I only. I only like hardcore track stuff. If there's like some rare thing I got, uh, like like that that Sims pre-order disc, Johnny. No, I don't know why I keep bringing that up. But if there's like something serious, I'll like. I'll just like hit the track in every day and then just like run home from work whenever it comes. But yeah, see, but you could just have the informed delivery app and then that's doing that for you. And you could only use it in those cases. It's nice. Cause it works with like foreign stuff. So like I just got a package from Albania for my wife, a Harry Potter book, obviously, but it like updated me. I was like, okay, it finally made it to the U S now it's in the U S tracking system. So here you go. Like you, you know, it made it to U S soil and now here's when it'll get to you because the initial like eBay thing is like, it's going to arrive by July 25th. And now it's like, Oh no, it's coming today, dude. You're, you're good. All right, Johnny, Albanian Harry Potter. What's, what's the end game with the Harry Potter collection here? Are you like all the pretty books sing? Are you getting every translation of every book? What's going on? Okay. So uh, it's not me, by the way, it's not me. It's my wife. Yes. This is not, this is not my collection. This is her office, her stuff, her library. Uh, so she is like, and she asked me, like, she's like, what should our collecting goal be? Because she's just like, buy everything. And I'm like, that is not tenable. We cannot do that. Well, I do it all and the then, time. I, yeah, I know. And then she looks at my video games and she's like, that's weird. Cause like, it seems pretty possible. And I was like, well, you might have a point, but like, here's what people do. There's this list of the 95 books that the. This this book was published in these 95 languages, and that's not exactly true because it's not actually 95 languages. Some of the languages have retranslations, so it's like a different text block. So the list is comprised of 95 books, which may have a couple of different translations for the language. So imagine there's like 85 languages on there, maybe maybe a little more, like plus or minus five, either way. And then like all the unique text blocks is what she's going for. So that's what she's doing. But she also is like, buy all the cool, unique art. So yeah, I've been like looking for the rare ones and stuff for her. The Albanian one isn't rare. It's just like, it's actually like a newer print. It's just like $70 when you have to buy it, which is annoying. All right. So so, uh, the end game is to get all 95. Okay. It's why'd you go down to 85 there? No, because it I'm saying like there's there was 80, a, a goal. There's, and then... No, there's 85 unique languages, right? Okay. But there's 95 unique text blocks. And if like we really get into the movie, what, show, what's a text? There's really like the text block is the actual text of the book, you know? So like the 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 story itself. So like the Russian translation, they they came in and they had a fine Russian translation and they said, Oh, a new publisher picked it up. We're gonna retranslate the book and we're gonna do a better translation. Uh, of of this in Russian, so they redid it, and it turned out not to be a better translation. Oh my god! But that means, so but that means the text block changed, right? So like, if you look at the two Russian copies, it's very similar. It's like it's not like a new language or anything, but they aren't exactly the same. So it it's different. It's not considered a variant. It's a retranslation. So are you uh so in this goal to get the 95 languages are you getting like are you going for a philosopher's stone of each of them or are you just getting a random book of each of them what the- Yeah and this and this is contained uniquely to philosopher's stone most people don't collect all seven of everything but my wife likes box sets and so do I so we have a bunch of box sets so out of these 95 she has uh over 600 books <laughs> All right 
Uh, I mean, it is a seven book series, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, but not every language got every book. So there's a, a bunch of books where they only got the first books translated, which is annoying. But yeah, Johnny, I I don't like box sets. As you know, you, even you especially like box sets? for books, I'm going to say it's, one of the most frustrating things about box sets is that they'll release them before a series is complete. Like I guarantee, there's probably oh, like yeah. Harry Potter one through four box set, and then you have a box set of not the full thing. And why do you want that? Yeah, well, it's because it's for people who are picking up the series then, so they can just buy them all at one well, discounted I don't, uh, rate. I don't want like the collector box around it. Like, sure, just wrap them all in plastic or something. But don't, don't make so me I feel think, like I have to keep this box. I think books are a little different. Like, also because the box, it, it's not like game boxes. Like, usually the box set displays the spine, so you just like put the box on there, and it's only taking up as much room as the books would have taken up anyways, pretty much. But if I was all right, so if I'm the new Harry Potter reader, I'm coming in right when Goblet of Fire came out, and I get the box set up to Goblet of Fire. Yeah, are, are they going to have set. like are they are the books in that box set the regular books? Or are they going to have like oh this no, is the box set cover? No, nope, it's the regular books. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's, it's not like a not for bad, resale. Yeah, it's not a not for resale or anything. They just like literally are just bundling bundling them together. And yes, Harry Potter did that for uh, in the UK. They did it for books one and two, and then. Uh, in Canada and the U.S., they started at book three, and then they got one for book four, book five, book six, and then book seven has a bunch of box sets, but that's fine because it's complete. Man, no one wants to hear about this shit. Not, Why? I got a comment uh, last from the last episode that someone loved our Lego talk, so people want to hear about Did what you're collecting besides. Le- yeah, I was editing that show, and it was like 20 minutes of talking about Legos, Johnny. I'm like, know, oh my God, so no one boring. is going to listen to this episode. They're like, way, we're like, ways to enjoy collecting more. Listen to something not about video games. Ugh, gross. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that to you, everyone. It's okay. We're going, we're going back to not just basics. We're going back to the most basic collecting video games topic of all time with this episode. All so. time. Of all time. Okay. Should I tell people what the question is? Like the premise? <laughs> you could tell me what the question is because I don't know what that means. Okay, I'm going to, well, what the question would be. Okay, uh, basically, the question is this. If someone walked up to you, you being Tyler and me being Johnny, and said, hey, um, I'm going to collect for the Nintendo. I've decided the NES is for me. Uh, what games What games would you buy? Like, I want my shelf to look cool. What are the games you would buy? Mm. That's the premise of this episode. And we, we picked, we limited it to 10. Uh, and Tyler can take his his own way he's got his reasons i've got my reasons these aren't necessarily the best games these aren't necessarily our favorite games though some of them are so and we're gonna this will be a series and uh for some of you longtime listeners you're like i don't care about this i think i know your opinions or hey the nintendo is pretty basic isn't everybody's top 10 gonna be the same yeah it it probably is but i don't think that will be true for every system and also uh, we have people who are at different points of their collecting journey. Some people are just coming in, so you know we have to we have to be a little bit accessible sometimes. But this is a question, even 
that like we still get in our questions on the Patreon when people ask us like, oh man, what would you what what are your favorite games? What or what games do you like to collect? And I think this helps answer that in the form of an episode and will be a nice companion episode to our So You Wanna Collects, and then we've got another couple of series where and our console ratings. So we'll be able to package like a whole thing, like here's a bunch of information about the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation. So we'll we'll have like this grouping of episodes, and I like that. So you can make yourself a little playlist. Oh, you should just listen to every episode. Is actually maybe don't listen to every episode. <laughs> like maybe don't go back to like when the audio quality was worse. Or, no, you should start at like episode seventy and just like around there. Like, uh, maybe but then you're gonna miss the Star Wars episode, the episode that uh, everybody loved. That no, got everybody all the missed. <laughs> everyone got. Everyone didn't listen to that one, anyways. And also, like the more my criteria has changed, like you should listen to the Star Wars episode because you should see how much my criteria has changed for collecting from that Star Wars episode. Like when I made that list to what my list look like now, it, it's a it's a staggering change in the last seven years. That that honestly, that would be probably pretty interesting. Did you like? Were you like Mister Spreadsheet then? Like I got it all figured out. I know what Star yes. Wars games I want, and now yeah, it's completely yes. different. Seven years yeah, later, now it's com- yeah, it's completely. Well, I'm like I'm cutting it off here, and I'm like, why did I make that cut up? Why am why did I put these variants in here? I didn't look at the Atari. What was I doing? I I mean, like PC games. That's really hard. Should I like be into that? Now I'm like slowly making my PC list, which there's like a hundred PC games. And if you like try and get into the variants, you'll kill yourself. You'll literally go mad. You'll just be like, you're like, oh, I'm looking into the face of Cthulhu. I'm going insane. And now I'm killing myself because I can't handle it. That's what, that's what documenting computer variants are. There are like probably PC some uh, there are probably some Star Wars like iOS games that have been delisted. Do you need to go buy like used iPhones that have I, those Star Wars games on it? Yeah, I, well, that's why I'm keeping my iPhone three. Uh, it's just got a no. Fuck that. That's weird, <laughs> Tyler. How's your snake phone doing? My snake phone is awesome. Everybody go. Actually, I'm not going to tell everyone to go out and get it because I do want to upgrade mine. My my I have a box for mine, but it's definitely missing some documentation. I am looking for. It's the Nokia brick phone is basically what you're imagining in your mind. I have one complete in box. I am looking to upgrade my complete in box cellular phone. It's nice. Awesome. All right. Anyway, no, no it is not. <laughs> I, I look. I know if we went I, like, I bought here, this this like is, years ago at this. Point. I know, and it's still the dumbest still thing. Still think ever it's great. Bought. It was only forty dollars. I can't find another complete in box one. When you when you die in many, many years from now, and somehow, for some reason, I'm older than you, but somehow still alive, and I have to go help Ada with all this stuff, she's going to be like, what about this Nokia phone? And I'm just going to be like, no, no. Just no, throw it out. <laughs> no, just put it in the trash. Just e-waste it. Donate it. And the Video Game History Foundation. That's video game history right there. You know what? And there's going to be people like, I don't know, the Fleo who, who are on your side. And, and like I'm going to be like, hey, man, you want this? Here's the price. And he's going to snap it up. He's going to think he got such a good deal, too. Johnny, uh, a few I'm going to tell you something sickness. that Joe's going to agree with me on. Mobile gaming, cell phone gaming, most important gaming platform of all time. Okay. <laughs> okay, but more important than uh, than than rock. I mean, everything comes back to rock and stick. So I mean, you really can't get more foundational. I don't than know. Rock I think stick. rock. I see. I think rock comes before stick. I think rock is more important than stick, and I think you can make that argument. I I feel like <laughs> I, I looked into this, and there there's no conclusive evidence over what the first games were. <laughs> I know. No, I, if anyone is not following the thread of conversation, technically 
the concept of games probably started with a rock or a stick and cavemen came up with games for those. Uh, anyway, Johnny, to talk about uh, something popular that people want to hear about, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, Is it uh, popular? Didn't we just kind of say that like kids don't give a shit about it anymore? Kids definitely don't give a shit about the Sega Genesis. And by kids, I mean even people in their 20s might not give a shit about the Sega Genesis. I think everyone, like, NES is so iconic that, like, even when Nintendo puts out, like, the next Super Mario Odyssey game, there's going to be nods to Donkey Kong and Super Mario Brothers in that game. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Nintendo to finally just be like, let's capitalize on all the nostalgia in a, in a gross way that we haven't done before. And, like, people are like, oh, Nintendo said that, like, they do this, like, oh, you bought this game once, but now it's on a new system. Let's like make you rebuy all of your digital games, which is obnoxious. But wait until they start repackaging just shells of like Super Mario Brothers in a black box that you can go buy. They just start limiting run. Like they just let limited run have the license to the original black box games. And then you're going to have to buy the limited run black box set. No, I think you're, you overestimate how much people care about the black box games. But I do think Nintendo could... Milk oh, their I, shit. I, I don't I don't think anyone need, like I'm not overestimating it. I just think that the minute that that happened and then someone else like a company put importance on it and made it a limited collectible, it would be crazy. I mean, they obviously they would release that themselves. They wouldn't give it to limited run, but well, they definitely I... could milk their shit more than they even do now, because I mean. They don't need to do that because they put out Super Mario 3D All-Stars and put out the lie that it would somehow be limited and it's it's one of the best-selling Switch games. It's just emulated ports of three Mario games and it made them hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's why I said like they are doing it, but wait until they do it in this super gross way. Now look at it. But even if they... So if they say... I, I guess Super Mario Brothers. If they literally released a an NES cartridge, a limited NES cartridge of Super Mario Brothers, and charged a thousand dollars a box, and they released a thousand copies of it, it would fucking sell out. They would make a million dollars, and that's nothing to them. So why are they gonna bother? I don't know. I'm just like, I don't think they're going to think of it in those terms. I think someone like Limited Run will come to them and then obtain the license to do that and then they'll make a million they'll have to spend a bunch of money and nintendo's just like we don't have to do anything and here's like 10 million dollars on our bottom line sure they don't have to do anything except risk their brand to limit I, I see well i would argue that that's not going to hurt their brand they're going to be like look everything sold out even those Mega Man sold out eventually when we sold them to best buy this sounds fanciful imagining and nintendo i and i know that like I know that Limited Run didn't sell the Mega Man, guys. I know that's I am 8-bit, but you get my, my drift. Capcom is more of a whore for money than Oh, Nintendo. absolutely. <laughs> I, like, you know what I wish Konami would do? I wish Konami would partner further with Limited Run games, and all the Nintendo games that came in dumb Ultra Boxes over here in the U.S. got Silver Box releases. Do that. Like, I, I want my Just, Metal Gear. I a, Like, I... On some level, I agree, but this is such a niche ask. So, to be clear about what you're talking about, yeah, so the Ultra games, it's uh, Ultra, if you don't know, it's basically another label for Konami games because Nintendo only let publishers publish so many games back in the NES era yeah, because they year. wanted to keep per quality year. up. But they let companies like Konami lie and just create another label called Ultra Games, which were just fucking Konami games. 
And they have kind of ugly boxes in America, but in Europe, they got the same silver boxes that games like Castlevania got. So Johnny wants the Metal Gear that's not in the Ultra Games box, but it's in the Konami silver. And, and here's where you should come talk sense to me. Just be like, just buy the PAL one, Johnny. Don't buy a fake collectible. I'm, I I don't care either way. I, I'm going to just have the Ultra Games box. Just Anyways, just buy I, buy it on MSX. It's Metal Gears look, and MSX games. Yeah, that's true. We'll we'll talk about it later. Um, all right. I I got two things to bring up here. One, uh, speaking of limited run games, Johnny, did you know that there is a a gold Galf cartridge from limited run games? I just no, learned would, about this while I was researching for this episode. Why would I know that? I don't know. So if you go on price charting and you sort their NES list by highest price. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things towards the top is Galf Gold Cartridge for NES by Limited Run Games. And I'm like, what the hell is that? So Galf was an NES homebrew that they released. And there's two color cartridges. There's like a white one and a green one. I don't remember which one was the cooler one to buy. Well, apparently there's three. There's or- four. There's also silver ones. They were intending to hold a contest similar to uh, Nintendo's. I think it was Nintendo's first ever like nationwide contest in Japan. It was for Famicom Golf Japan course. So in that contest, uh, the winners got uh, like gold copies of Famicom Golf. So what they did, they made gold and silver copies of this Golf homebrew cartridge, and then they just canceled the contest. I They had a reason for it. I think it might have just been like, I'm not going to run this contest. I'm lazy. Um, Maybe it was coronavirus. Something happened. And uh, they they given away at least some of the cartridges on like their live streams, but it's like this kind of like weird limited run games thing. Where it's like, how do you get one of these cartridges? And I don't I don't. It was like a thousand dollars on price charting or something. But I think this is actually kind of cool. I think the technically rarest limited run game might be an NES homebrew. Kind of cool, is it? Um, I bet if you literally went to Lowe's, got like whatever the most common gold spray paint is and spray painted your personal copy of golf golf it might be the same exact thing as what they they did so what about uh what about poop slinger rarer than poop slinger that's a joke yes mm, whoa what about that new game there's like limited rare games is still putting out games they just uh one of their new ps4 games just shipped and people are like a thousand dollars for Tamashi? demon pit Tamashi. Uh, no, like Damashi, I feel like still, uh, even even after Poop Slinger, I feel like Damashi still had like it was not hard hard to get, but harder to get than a normal game. But Demon Pit was up for pre order for like days. There are twenty five right now on twenty five sealed copies on eBay, and they all have asking prices of like hundreds of dollars. It makes no sense. Yeah, but like Tamashi, I think you got to pay like a minimum of like fifteen hundred dollars for that. Um. Do. Yeah, like there's there's ah, there's only f- six copies of Tamashi, and they're all they're all over a thousand dollars. The cheapest one's fifteen hundred. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get another one. Uh, uh Paprium, the watermelon yeah. game for Sega Genesis. Apparently, people are paying like eight hundred plus dollars for that game. Yep. I, <laughs> I mean, I almost bought one for three hundred. Now I look foolish for not. I, I was like, I just decided I didn't care. I'm like, I don't, I don't actually care. It's, uh, I mean, this is this like the world of modern comics where like random issues just become hot and like, oh, this came out three years ago, but this is the thousand dollar variant cover. 
It's weird that they're games that hey. no one really cares about that this happens to. I, I'm going to bring up something to you, and I, I want you to guess. Here, here. before we get into the episode, you know, I like to do a would you rather or some or like some question for you. Here's I'm going to do it early in the episode. Okay. If if one How of them much? is Poop Slinger, I'm, br- I'm picking the other one. Okay. No, no, no. I, uh, yeah. It was like, what would you rather have? Uh, poop Slinger or Galf? That's not a... That's not a good competition. I know what you would pick. No, uh, it's not even going to be a what if. I just want you to guess. This is just a guessing game. How much do you think the original mailer, just the bubble mailer for Poop Slinger <laughs> that you can confirm? No game, just the bubble mailer with the postage and everything on it. How much do you think that might have sold for? All right. So without looking up anything... Since Tamashi looks like it's about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, I don't know. Like, first of all, I don't know how many of these sales are real because who is like completing a PS4 set and they're like, oh no, if I don't have Tamashi, um, I'm gonna guess Poop Slinger is three to five thousand dollars at least, including fake sales. So the bubble okay. mailer is maybe a thousand dollars on top of that, and it's it's just a generic bubble mailer. There's yeah, nothing I special know. about it. It's literally just a bubble mailer. Is it a thousand dollars? Sold for three hundred and fifty euros. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I, I see. I say that, but then it also got like I think it was purchased, and then uh, I think it was reneged on, and then um, because now it's back up. But yeah, originally one list has sold for three hundred and fifty dollars. Either that, or the this person had two of them and is trying to capitalize twice. But I think that's impossible. Um, I will just say, in terms of limited rare games, I don't know anything about limited rare games. But they did something where uh, if you actually opened up, it might have been with Demon Pit. But you opened up their game, there was like some kind of they either have a an ARG, an alternate reality game going on. Or they're hiding something in their games. There's some there's some reason for you to open up their games. And there's like a contest to get something even rarer if you win the contest. Go look at their Twitter for details on that. But uh, I do appreciate that this fake company that puts out video games uh, is trying to make people open their games. Yeah, that's good. All right. Now uh, let, let's get into it. We, we've we've meandered long enough. Let's let's get into our list. We we have a lot of overlap, I think, but. Um... Also, I do want to make clear that I basically approached this episode uh, from the perspective of my house burned down. I have no NES games and I'm only going to buy 10 NES games. So this isn't what I'm going to just recommend someone from someone off the street to buy. This is what I would rebuild if I was only rebuilding up to 10 games. Uh, okay. And my list is more of someone asked me. I, I, I've explained this to Tyler, but he was like, I refuse to. I refuse this premise. I will do my own. Well, I mean, you could just type in best NES games on Google and the be- the first 10 you get are probably going to Yeah, be but them. I mean, this is, a, this is a person asking your opinion what you would buy. Like, you're an expert. They look at you. You're an expert, Tyler. What would you do? Google like, I'm, algorithmically I I, uh, is smarter than me. Google is combining all sources. What is yeah, Google? You get a best lot, you get a lot of bad. You get a yeah. Well, you get a lot of bad info that way, and then a lot of ads too. Like, come on. At number seven, Here. the seventh Google game uh, for best NES games. It says River City Ransom. Wrong. Not on either of our uh, lists. See. Also puts a Duck Hunt in the top ten. Duck Hunt is okay. People, Duck, Duck Hunt like maybe one of the most overrated games of all time. Guys, come on. Yep. I like. It's I not even sat the down. I've sat down and tried to get good at Duck Hunt, like because you can have a, a perfect game of Duck Hunt. I forget. There's is it after twenty 
levels, I think it stops getting harder and it gets like really hard at the end. But like after you play two serious games of Duck Hunt, you're like, I'm fucking done with Duck Hunt, guys. If you think like Duck Hunt is one of the best games ever, how often have you played that game for longer than 10 minutes at a time? They probably haven't. It's also not the first Duck Hunt. So get out of here with Duck Hunt. Oh, going back to the original electromechanical Duck Hunt. That's right. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Which we talked about in an episode uh, a long time ago. No. All right. What are we? Uh, let's get well, into let's... the coolest of our our top ten, the rarest NES yeah. games. The rarest. Yeah. Tyler, uh, if we really wanted to clickbait it, we would have made it like eleven games. Eleven games you'll buy. You won't believe number seven. I'm going to try to highlight all the games that we have in common because I'm going to okay. be confused otherwise. All right. And do you want to? Well, we'll take turns and uh, we'll go through the highlighted ones first. Oh, all right. Who's starting? Uh, are they all highlight? We, we, oh, we only have five in common. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you can start. You can go first. All right. I Johnny, this is going to be a pretty deep cut. It's a game called Super Mario Brothers. Um, a game I literally only own because we did a a similar episode where we, it was the thousand dollar game draft and we had to basically a thousand dollars to build a video game collection. And I'm like, obviously super Mario brothers is going to be one of them. And while taking the, uh, the episode picture for Instagram for that episode, I realized I didn't have a copy of super Mario brothers. And one of the first things I got for that episode was the entire complete in box Mario trilogy on NES. This was back when super Mario brothers was $30 complete in box. Um, so I literally just to get the picture for that episode, I bought a, uh, uh, super Mario brothers. You're welcome. Yeah. That turned out to be a great, great purchase. Cause it's a hang tab and man don't want to buy that now. But it also would be like one of the first NES games I buy, according to this episode. So, uh, yeah. But you have some caveats with yours. What 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 are you? If you're buying it, you're you're telling someone what what are these caveats you're giving to them? Yeah, these aren't caveats. It's it's how much I would budget or what I would go for. Um, and I there's really two things. I guess like the Matt Matt sticker seals Super Mario Brothers with the correct manual with like no date on the inside cover. Um. Uh, so, like, uh, the first American test market release of Super Mario Brothers, it's, like, I would say ten to $50,000 is what I would buy. And, like, I realize that the the Mintest 9.0 WADA-graded copy on Heritage Auctions uh, could sell for more than that. But, like, if I was legitimately trying to own uh, a Matt Sticker Sealed Super Mario Brothers, that might be what it takes right now to uh, get one. Uh, even if I was like rebuilding my dream collection from scratch with hundreds of thousands of dollars of insurance money, I don't know that I would shell that out for a single complete in box copy of Super Mario Brothers. So, uh, more realistically, I would go for a hang tab copy. Just, I don't care about the specific version. I know there's like 19 different versions of Super Mario Brothers. Any copy that has the cardboard cutout hang tab on the back of it. And I would budget something like $350 to $500 for that. And uh, for all my prices, I realize you could get a hang tab copy of Mario for cheaper than that. But to get a reasonably nice one that's complete with the poster and like the baggie and all that. And it's a black box. So you kind of want them in better condition because those show wear a lot. Uh, you know, I would maybe pay up to $500 for that. Yeah. And, um, and for me, I kept it similar where... 
uh, my pricing doesn't reflect the cheapest price. It reflects what I think you should be looking to pay in a reasonable condition. Um, like if I was going to rebuy as well, like I, I don't think I, you need to have a hang tab. So my money is probably like 250 to like, but could be as much as 500. I would prefer a hang tab, but my only real caveat is no white oval seals. Get those out of here. Please do not do that. Uh, just buy, get yourself a nice circle seal, hang tab preferred, but if you can't, but you're going to look, you're looking at 250 to, you know, 350 on that. Like get a nice one, maybe even spend last Tyler said up to 500. And, uh, yeah, so we, we agree there, Tyler. Yeah. I, I don't think you even have to worry about oval seals for Mario. I mean, I know those are obviously the most common sealed ones, but I don't like who has a oval seal super mario brothers just because it came out so late i feel like they're probably yeah. rarer complete in box probably probably and, and like rarity isn't the the defining thing for me there and it clearly isn't in collecting as well but uh i just don't like the white oval seals especially on the black boxes on the black boxes they're like unforgivable to me uh yeah and i agree i don't care how rare they are i know that like some games like i, I know like pinball has new old stock of the uh of the circle seal and like the oval seals, oh, it's the rarer copy of Pimbus. Forget it. Who cares? If it's ugly, I don't want it. Um, I guess one, I mean, we we talk about games like Super Mario Brothers all the time now on the show. Uh, one thing I'll say, if I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars on a match sticker Super Mario Brothers, it's got to have the Rob poster in it. Some of these copies that are like graded and all that shit, they're missing the poster. And the 1985 Rob poster that came with uh, all the early black box games, it's all the same for all the original 17 black box games came out in 1985. Um, I don't Someone might have to check me on that. But um, there's a specific Rob poster that comes with the early black box games. And people are paying like $70,000 for a copy missing the poster. You know what? I understand. If there's the super rare, amazing early edition Mario that comes up and it's like, wow, this is the piece. Fine. Spend to the moon for it. But fucking make sure it's complete. Drives me nuts, Johnny. This has always driven me nuts. Just like when when uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out first got big and people were buying graded complete in box copies without the letter for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Drives me nuts. I don't know what to tell you, Tower. All right, just relax. It's okay. Those <laughs> no. posters aren't important. No, like oh my also, god. What I would no, what I would do if I bought one that was graded like that, I I would immediately like because I have the money if I'm spending that much money on it. I would buy a poster and, and ask them to recase it with the poster inside. Like, please fix this. That's ridiculous. Um, like I'd be worried. I don't want. I don't like. That's like more material that you're shoving into a box, and like theoretically, that box is is like a twenty thousand dollar box or something now. Like, all right. I mean, if they mess it up, isn't that on them? Then then they got to pay you. Oh my god, they dropped it to a seven point five from it. Uh, I was going to say a seven point eight, which does not exist. We'd have to go right to an eight. Uh, like no amount of money would make me happy in that case. If I was like the guy with the the best Mario in the world, the best Matt sticker Mario in the world. And like it was ripped when it was in uh, being recased or something like because you just can't get another one. Probably Well, that that fundamentally goes against how I collect. I don't I believe I don't believe in buying the nicest one. And I'm not saying from an investment standpoint that that's wrong. Like the investment standpoint, probably the nicest one that you can find the cheapest and like get the biggest return on is the right answer. But I'm saying as a collector who likes to handle my games and let people come into my office and pick them up and everything. 
I want a, a good copy, but one that people can pick up and I like that I'm not stressing out, like going out of my mind because they touched it. So, um, yeah, I usually don't buy the mintiest mint ones. And if I do have a really mint one of anything, I'm always like, and I don't I don't like that feeling at all. Okay, if anyone comes over my house, do not touch my stuff, please. <laughs> really? You don't let people, like, people no. come into my office and like, can I see this? I'm like, yeah, pick it up. Go ahead. They're, and they're always not like, oh, they're always like, oh, can I touch it? And I'm like, yeah. It would, that sounds really gross out of context. But yeah, they come into the office and they're like, can I pick up these games? I'm like, sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not a museum. You may you may go ahead and pick that up and look at that. Like, oh, yeah, I love this game as a kid. I let people connect with the with the items, Tyler. Uh, see, my stuff's not organized enough. So just like I have like some just random sealed stuff that's just like spread out throughout my collection. And it's just like uh, in my guest room right next to where people sleep, I've got uh, a sealed first print mist, which is just something I randomly picked up last year. And like I've got unreasonable offers for that, like more than 15 times what I paid for it. And it's just like I, I know I didn't pay a lot for that, but just. Just don't touch it. It's worth too much now. Oh, you should sell it and then just get a regular version. Um, no, Th- that's the dream. I have I have the best version that I want, and I didn't pay a lot, Johnny. That was this is the dream. That's what I want to do for everything. I want to not pay a lot of money, but still have the cool thing. Okay. Also, if you're gonna do that for Super Mario Brothers, I mean, don't spend eighty thousand dollars on a Matt Sticker Mario. Bros. Just get the the first print Famicom version, which is still somewhat rare and is earlier. So just do that instead. What are you guys doing? Uh, anyways. Okay. We talked a lot about Super <laughs> yeah, Mario Brothers. No one's ever like, heard anything about Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Why did we talk that long? Like, I don't know. I, I we tried need to, to end not it. Talk, pick a more yeah. interesting game, please. I Look, I tried to end it and you were just like, let me go on. I'm sorry. You were taught. You went in. You were like, I love when people touch my video games. That was like minute <laughs> 12 or 13 out of your 20 minutes. Anyways, uh, next game, Zelda. Zelda, super easy one. Oh, you're not going to pick legend. an interesting one? All right. No, we're just going... I mean, these these five are not that we have in common are not interesting. Oh, we're, okay, just, we're going through the five we have in common. Yes. With. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll get to... Um, yeah, The Legend of Zelda. Look, What's that? again, uh, it this game you may have heard of, it comes in a gold box and it's got a cutout. Don't buy the classic. Like, don't get the wrong version. Get the right version. I don't care if you get the first print. I don't care if it's an R or a TM. What I'm recommending that you get is just, again, a circle seal. Get a nice circle seal. No ovals. Make sure the box is nice. No tears because that stupid front thing, um, you can get like a lot of dings. So just spend a little money on it. Spend between three and $500. Get yourself a nice Zelda and, uh, you know... Make sure that cutout's clean, and you've got a nice gold cartridge in there where it's not, like, completely... It doesn't look like a black cartridge instead. Yeah, like, just pay the money and do it once. Uh, buy once, cry once, and be done. All right. For for my collection, I am buying... Uh, I mean, these, I'm only getting these 10 games, so I'm, I'm getting the first print Zelda Johnny. Uh, so if you look at the bottom of the box, after Nintendo Entertainment System, it has a TM instead of an R, and obviously there's no Rev A after that. And I I was a little surprised looking at prices, but to get one in the condition I would want, which isn't even like super duper mint, but to get like a nice first print and I want it, you know, I want the maps and strategies insert. I want the correct baggie. Yeah, I- so the the Zelda one and two baggies have specific baggies that have a hole in it. So you can see the cartridge color through the box uh, without there being a baggie in the way. So if you just have a regular baggie with your NES uh, Zelda, that's not correct. 
Uh, but yeah, to get the Zelda I would want these days, it would cost me a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, which is a little nuts. It's a lot. It's <laughs> but a lot. Uh, that's like what a sealed early print Famicom disc copy goes for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I gotta always bring up the earlier stuff, Johnny. I know you do. All right. <laughs> what, what's what's the next one on the list? Um, Contra. Well, uh, Contra. You know, I mean. I, Do you know what it's not? It's not controversial. Guys, go go buy yourself a, ni- a nice Contra. Get a good one. It It's a super popular game and will be probably forever. Uh, you know, and pay $250 for it. Get it super clean. There is only an oval seal on, on the box. On the inside of the cart, you will find a circle seal, so they, they won't necessarily match. But spend that $250. Make sure it's complete. Make sure you got nice good corners get everything just get a nice version of this game if you're gonna put it on your shelf i agree i had 250 dollars as my budget for contra i I realize i mean like i don't want to i'm not trying to seem bougie by overspending for games here this is just like i looked up what a nice contra would cost and i'm like yeah if i was going to buy a contra i would budget 250 dollars i realized most people would probably spend less on a copy of contra because they're obviously you can get a better deal than that yeah, I mean, we our prices came independently because we have different criteria. But even I was like, look, just buy, just buy the nicest Contra because there's not, there's no, there's not like a real way to mess up like the versions of Contra. So like, just get a nice. That one. is very convenient. I don't think there's yeah. a secret first print for Contra, which is very nice. Yeah. So, um, all right, uh, next one. This is one you can mess up. Hey, Castlevania. <laughs> okay, Castlevania Silver Box. Make sure it's got everything in it. And look, you can disagree. You might say Castlevania 3 here instead of Castlevania, depending on your playing preferences. I have the most nostalgia for Castlevania. Also, if you were going to look on a shelf, I would want you to see Castlevania before you saw Castlevania 3. So, yeah, that, that's my pick. Make sure you get it nice. I, you don't need to have a hang tab. Again, please, please have a black circle seal on there. No ovals. You get it super nice. Like, nice, like, you don't need a hang tab. Just make sure it's nice. Everything in it, no missing pieces, no no missing inner flaps or anything. Spend that $400 on it. Just spend $400 or more. Like, I just don't, I think spending between four dollars and $600 to get the nicest one possible in that range is, like, pretty good. And if you want to, like, upgrade to a hang tab, I'm not going to fault you. Uh, you know, do that, but just spend the money. It's Contra. Or it's, uh, Castlevania, sorry. It's just one of the best. <laughs> Either one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I I think I like Castlevania 3 as a game more, but Castlevania as the collectible, uh, both because it's agree. the first in the series, it's also an incredible game, uh, and it has the, the hang tab rarity factor. Not that Castlevania hang tabs are particularly rare, but I mean, it's cooler than just having the, the first print with the contest insert of Castlevania 3, I think. I, I put my budget as $500. I mean, I think there are some copies on eBay, but some of them are a little bit grungy, and I don't think you would you would like that. Especially would, as a Castlevania guy, I don't know if you would be happy with your $400 Castlevania. No, I would rather have a nice, just, uh, you know, black circle seal, like a nice one versus like a really shitty looking hang tab. Sure, yeah. But I mean, John, this is my, uh, I, I only get 10 games that I could buy ever, so I've got to get the, yeah. the, the hang tab. 
Yeah, and you know when your friends come over that you don't let touch your games, they'll never pick it up, and no, no one will know that hang tab's there for for them to be even good. That's that's impressive, and I'm just they pick up mine. And they're like, what's that? Why has it got like this big weird thing on the back? I'm like, they're called hang tabs. They thought this was a good idea once. They wanted to hang this cartridge, which is actually kind of heavy, especially when you put all the paperwork in it, by this flimsy cardboard thing. And mind you, it could be on a peg for I don't know years. They thought this was a great design. Incorrect. You know what's weird about episodes like this where we were basically talking about, like, if I was buying this many things, I would get these. So, like, a super nice Castlevania hang tab is in my top 10 NES things I would buy, and I don't have one. I have two Castlevania hang tabs, and one is, like, wrecked, and the other one is good, but it has a punched hang tab, um, which just means that, like, it, it it's punched. It's not, it's not gone. It's just someone has separated it from the box. And I'm saying, like, it's, like, my favorite console and top 10 game for it. And I still think, like, yeah, but I'm not going to spend fucking $500 just to buy another I mean, copy do you of think, Castlevania. Do you think that's old man price memory? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's been what? It's been two years since things went absolutely off the rails. And I still look at prices and I'm just like, nope. It's not. You know what? It's not even price memory. It's. Comparing what I could buy on on literally anywhere else, especially as someone buying like foreign computer games, where like if I'm spending sixty dollars on a game, it's like all right, we're gonna pay up a little bit for this one. So yeah, in the world of five hundred dollar video games, I realize like again one of the most classic games of all time for one of the most classic consoles of all time. Uh, but I'm not looking to spend five hundred dollars on games I already have, especially. I mean, yeah, hang tabs have come down a lot. Like they used to be crazy. They like trashed ones were seven hundred dollars now you can you can get one you can get a nice one for a grand right like under 750 750 i saw one close out like four hundred dollars that was like pretty good i mean compared to what it was like i mean remember i i still have hurt feelings over losing one that one that like was not sent to me yeah I, you know, I'm, I, I want to see when there's the, the global recession and we all lose our jobs and, you know, oh, don't, the world's don't in financial that. panic. I'm excited to see what happens, Johnny, to those Castlevania hang tabs. You're like, finally, I can get it for $50. Mm-hmm. No one will ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Someone send me a PM what? when the prices go down, guys. I don't know when it's happening. I'm, believe me, I am not trying to pump up prices by saying that. I just don't know when the prices are going to go down. Uh, All right, what's next? We talked about Castlevania too much. Yeah, Metroid. Metroid. All Another right, last one you game can buy. we agree on. Yeah, Metroid. Uh, again, just make sure it's nice. I don't care about the hang tab. All my same criteria. Nice silver box. The silver boxes and the black boxes, I mean, they get scuffed up. They look, like, really ugly. Though, I mean, this is different than, like, Castlevania because it's the Konami silver boxes. But Metroid also in a silver box. When it's messed up, they look horrible. So just get a nice one. Just make sure, like, no scuffs or, like, the whiting on it looks awful, I think. So spend spend 700 or 700 spend 175 to $250 and just get, like, a pretty good Metroid. Uh, you want to spend a little more, get a hang tab? Sure. That's on you. Like, I'm not going to disagree with you, but just make sure it's a nice one and no white circle or no white ovals, please. That and should be the no title class- of this the title of this episode. No white ovals, please. Uh my my Metroid budget, Johnny, is four hundred dollars for my sweet hang tab. And I think 
Metroid is probably the the game I like least out of any of the games I picked, and which is crazy. I like Metroid. To be clear, I think Metroid is a fine game. I just in the even in the franchise of Metroid games, it might be my least favorite Metroid game. And part of that is just I think it's weird to have oh. a game that like there's like two bosses. There's three bosses if you count Mother Brain, and then oh, you uh, mean I, the end boss? You don't count suddenly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what are the other two mini bosses like? Raiden, it's it's a Raiden weird Hill? it's it's a weird way to structure a game around only having that many. Even the earliest NES game, Donkey Kong has four levels. Yeah, but this uh, again, R- Ridley, Ridley, and oh Craig. Craig. Yes, I'm like could not get his name out of my mouth correctly. Thank you. Uh, no, it doesn't. That's not the point of the game. And I know Metro- Metroid revolutionized things. They they taught you that Absolutely. the exploration and finding things was just as important as the bosses and like the ramping up of the difficulty and the levels and like your suit. Cha- like, come on, it wasn't about the bosses. I know. No, Some I know. Games it's not. only have one boss. So the other reason is when I think of Metroid, the uh, the area I immediately think of is is it Craid's Lair? What's what's Craid's area called? I know it's the area like in the lower left yeah, of the map. Yeah, like it's in the very beginning when you bomb down and go. Oh yeah, so there's like five uh, rows that are stacked on top of each other with literally identical rooms. And it was probably something to like save memory. We're just gonna have like twenty five rows of rooms that all look basically the same. And I get that it's like confusing and maybe meant to disorient you, but I just think it's it's super weird and it's uh, it's a very strange area. Anyway, um, Metroid's still great. You should buy Metroid. It's it, there's a whole genre that got named after it. It shouldn't it's be Bryn, named after Bryn, it. Brinstar. Brinstar. What's Cradesler? Is Cradesler something different? Uh, I mean, Craig's Lair is in there, but it's Brinstar. Oh, okay. is the area on the map. Yeah, Brinstar. Brinstar is weird, guys. I'm right, right? There's like five... Are there only three things that are stacked on top of each other? All right. Metroid feels bigger than it looks on a little map. Man, when you're playing that video game, it feels a lot bigger. I, I, think, I think when you first were exposed to those type of games, it felt bigger. And now I think it feels very small. Also, I'm definitely not talking about Brinstar. Uh, no. Why is it? What, what? I need to cut this. This is no one cares about what area of Metroid I'm talking about. It's definitely Craig's area in the bottom left. Yeah, of the map. yeah, it's Craig's area. Oh, anyone yeah, who's played Metroid you. knows what I'm talking about. Anyone who hasn't played Metroid is like Tyler. What the fuck are you talking about? No one knows specific areas of the Metroid map. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, do, is it you come from Brinstar? Is that where you start? Brinstar is the top right of the map. Is it? I I don't know. I'm just looking at a map. Okay, this, this, I'm, this I'm with doing like this the, all those like tubes where you're like you curl up into a ball and you go through all those tubes. That's Brinstar. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the names. Of the- it's been a long time since I looked at a Metroid map. I mean, like, yeah, none of these names are in the game. You just like have to get them from the manual. I, I mean, I I mean, I read the manual a lot. So. All right. Oh, there's like no fair Brinstar. Uh, I think was Cho Zodia. Was that like retconned? I don't know. Chozodia? Yeah, something like that, because of the Chozo statues. Chozodia? That sounds like a fake thing. Maybe that's Zero Mission. That's Zero Mission, yes. Okay. I'm like, I'm trying to remember. 
that one has a map. Anyways, we'll cut all this. No one gives a shit. But what, anyways, what, what, what's uh? Now we differ. We here's here's the part where we have to defend our choices because we no longer agree. What's your first choice? Oh, there are going to be some some deep cuts now, Johnny. Oh no, uh, there is not. So Super Mario Brothers three somehow didn't make your top ten list of NES games to own. Yep. What? And this is not my top 10 list of games to own. I already said that. I said if someone t- came to me and said, what game should I go buy? And I wanted to have a... Div- like, for me... You wouldn't tell wanted- them to buy Mario 3? No, because I, I already put a Mario on there. It is Again, it's not my favorites, because if it was my favorites, I cut a bunch of stuff, and I'm just like, where's your Zelda and your Zelda 2? Okay? You gotta have Metroid. I want to I wanna see all the Castlevanias on here. Okay, like that. It, Super Mario doesn't even make the cut in if I start doing it like that. Um, so what I wanted to, was to have a diversity of games that kind of represent the console and like, oh, you can see like if someone came in, they'd be like, find a game that they identify with. If you're not a Ninja Gaiden guy, you, I'm not putting all nin- three Ninja Gaidens on there. So I also considered this. Uh, I considered the fact that there's already a Super Mario Brothers on my list. I considered the fact that. I'm into uh, like how like exciting and collectible a game is, so things like rarity uh, come into play, and like Super Mario Brothers three. Even if you get the rarest version of Super Mario Brothers three, is not an exciting or rare game. And I like like historical significance. And in terms of games I could pick on NES, Super Mario Brothers three, it's a historically significant game. But in terms of like gameplay systems, it is not as historically significant as other things I could have picked. And still, it, out of all those things, it still makes my list of top 10, Johnny, the, because the it's reason, Mario 3. Yeah, so the reason it doesn't for me, and I agree with you, I like, you should buy this. Like, I'm not even saying you shouldn't, but I like, given the premise I gave myself of, like, trying to diverse, I don't have another black box game on here. So I can't cut Mario Brothers for for Mario 3, because the black box games are so iconic. It, it, it represents... Uh, the whole genre of all the black box games. I can't cut that in favor of Super Mario 3, and I didn't want to put another Mario on it. It was it was a hard cut. You got to kill your darlings, though. All right. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot of good NES games. Anyway, uh, I think everybody knows that the Mario you want is the Left Bros variant, where the, the bros in Super Mario Brothers is on the left side of the box, not the right side of the box. And I would budget $200 for this, Johnny, which... Yes is a crazy amount for Super Mario Brothers 3, but you know, considering that like I'm saying things like, yeah, I think $500 will get you a Castlevania and Mario 3 is like one of the most popular NES games, like that's and how crazy things like Left Bros have been, like I'm surprised that to get a like mint, not mint, like near mint really good Left Bros is still like you can budget $200 and get that. And if you just want a copy, like you can get one for you know, 50 to $70 for a nice copy of Mario three, obviously. Yep. Um, also, uh, date code on the top of the flap. You want nine, one, uh, nine, one, two Oh eight is the earliest Mario three date code for left bros. There's three different date codes for left bros. Make sure you get the early, earliest one. If you're a crazy person, uh, shout out to Rob Mahara who might listen to the show. I bought mine from him. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, I'm not going to fight you. Uh, so, um, like, I feel like, especially on the Nintendo, and maybe less so as we go into the future, but Mega Man was such a big deal that, and I 
like Mega Man One, I think was a hard pill to swallow, but Mega Man Two figured out the secret sauce uh, hard enough, but also fun enough and accessible enough to kids uh, of the time. So Mega Man Two makes my list. Uh, my only criteria here is like you don't have to worry about boxes, but try to find one with the sticker in there because it comes. There's a little Mega Man sticker. It's a red, you know, red with the the sled. Or no, he's just shooting in that one, right? He's just shooting. Little red Mega Man. Well, there's, sure there's that, two that different stickers. stickers. Did, is there is, is the one with the sled and one where you're shooting? You, you could ask Joe, but I mean, I I would think they both came with Mega Man too. I think it was random which one you got, or maybe the other ones came with. Different I stickers. no, I think they came with. Well, maybe they didn't, but yeah, that was because uh, they came with a the Mega Man sticker came with not Mega Man games. It just came in random cap box. Capcom, not random. There, there was a select few, like Dynasty of the Emperor, is one that came with a sticker. Like, so you can go look for that. Um, anyways, I just think you should have a Mega Man two. I, I think it speaks for all the other Mega Mans. If you told me Mega Man three was the one you like best, sure. Like, I think you could swap that out. Yes, you could make an argument, argument for Mega Man one, especially like if you're getting deep on the collectible side, but. Like, if someone's going to walk in and be like, sweet, you got Mega Man 2? Oh, I love Mega Man 2. Oh, quick boomerangs? Those are the best. Yeah, okay, cool. You got it. Mega Man 2. Uh, two go spend $250 on it, which sounds crazy to me, because Mega Man 2 was always the most common, like, you could find of all the Mega Mans. It was never the expensive one. And now it's like, here I am, be like, yeah, if you're going to buy it, get a nice one, get a sticker, and spend $250 to make sure you get that sticker. Yeah, so I would... Uh, I'd- yeah, I would do the same thing, except I would probably look for one without the sticker. There's also a, a Captain Commando coupon that comes with it that comes in a whole bunch of different Capcom games. Um, I would probably just get, like, the nice copy of Mega Man 2 that I want and then look for games like Mickey Mouse Capade and Strider and Willow and Codename Viper and try to get the sticker and the coupon out of those and just piece my Mega Man together. Because once you find a Mega Man 2, specifically Mega Man 2 with the sticker... There's going to be a, a big pool of buyers that are just going to pay whatever for like the 100% complete box Mega Man 2. So that is definitely going to be a better game to piece together, considering how many of these inserts come in other Capcom games. Yeah, I agree with you, and you are correct there. Yeah, I, I recant what I said. Do what Tyler said. Okay. Uh, also, fun fact, with that Captain Commando uh, coupon, there's a bunch of variants with different expiration dates. So have fun finding the earliest expiration date, because I think there's more than even two. And I think I said Dynasty of the Emperor. Did I say Dynasty? It's Destiny of the Emperor. Um, you know what? No one, no one noticed. It's fine. Okay. So all right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Johnny, I got a. Uh, you might not expect it, but Ninja Gaiden is on my list. It, Whoa! This what? is How? not only a personal pick. I think everyone needs a copy of Ninja Gaiden. And Why not Ninja Gaiden Three? Isn't that your favorite one? Uh, it absolutely is. That might be my next choice. Do you want, I'll just say, oh. guess what? My next two games, Johnny, it's Ninja Gaiden and Ninja You Gaiden. might as well just talk about them in one breath. Okay. Uh, so Ninja Gaiden, I mean, I, there's nothing I need to say about it. It's one of the best action platform games of all time. One of the, the classic NES games of all time. Uh, I will say not only that, but because prices have risen so much, like a copy, a decent, nice copy of Ninja Gaiden is like $125. So this game that used to be dog shit trash that everyone would just have like sitting sideways on their shelf, like just having a nice complete in box Ninja Gaiden is a cool thing now because it's kind of an expensive game to have complete in box. Uh, So definitely makes my list uh, for things to collect. Uh, I believe... 
all the Tecmo, not all the Tecmo, but a lot of the Tecmo games from this era came with uh, this stupid little address insert, Johnny. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, I do. So Ninja Gaiden, it comes with this little address label. Like it, it had like a return card for like a watch or there's some kind of insert that's related to a watch. You get to like buy a bunch of Tecmo games and you get a watch. And for some reason, there's this tiny slip of paper that you're supposed to write your address on and then affix to the card. And that is like the most common missing insert in these Tecmo games. Uh, and I bet most copies that actually have it don't have a big enough premium. So that is just an insert that I would personally look for. And uh, you said you've got the the earliest date code Ninja Gaiden, Johnny. I think so. What's the earliest date code? Because I bet I have looked into that more than most people I, have. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you. This is, and I don't know what it is in front of me, but if you look through our old pictures, you told me the date. And then I went and looked at my box and said, yeah, I have that one. So unless you've revised that since you were talking about it two years ago... Yeah, that's the information I'm operating on. I had this grand plan to buy every Ninja Gaiden date code. And right after I had that grand plan, Ninja Gaiden became like a $75 game. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to own 12 different copies of Ninja Gaiden that have a tiny, tiny, minuscule difference that I can't even see from the outside. Yeah, the earliest date code I know of is 90130. And if anyone has one earlier than that, uh, I guess you're super cool and maybe sell me that. Because I don't even have uh, the early state code. Ninja Gaiden's too expensive now. Here, let's. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the date code. Hold on. Okay. While Johnny's looking that up, I guess if anyone doesn't know, uh, the date codes we're talking about are printed on the box flaps. Uh, so you open up an NES box, and uh, later released games. This isn't on uh, all the games, but later released games will have a, a five-digit code. It's the last number of the year, followed by the month, followed by the day. So 9 is 1989, and then 0130 is January 30th. Uh, mine doesn't have a date code on it. So you don't have it? So maybe there's one, there's probably copies that just don't have date codes then. Because I think 1989 is around when date codes first started to appear. This one does not have a date code. All right. So maybe you've got the early one without the date code, right? Because the same thing with Super Mario Brothers 2. The copy without the date code is the earliest, and then there's a copy with the date code that's later. You got to make sure you got the good one, right, Johnny? That's correct. Oh, hold on. Let me let me check my other copy of Ninja Gaiden. All right, sorry about that. All right, here I'm back. We've, we've got Ninja Gaiden. Let's see. Let's check the date code on my other copy. Nope, no date code on this one either. No, that's what? not true. There's a... No, I'm just kidding. There's a date code. Let me... Let me see. I... I forgot. I'm just surprised because I know there's a lot of variants of Ninja Gaiden. Like, I thought I was going to buy, like, four copies. 90317? Yeah, no, that's not early. But your one without a date code would be the earliest, so... No, I'm sorry. No, it does have a date code. I just couldn't see it because it's oh, so fucking yeah, black. Oh, really... uh, yeah, it's Yeah, 90130. Yeah, that's the earliest one. You're the coolest guy, Johnny. You win. I don't have yeah. that. I'm I'm looking to catch someone slipping. I need to go to a show. I'm going to go to like Portland cuz uh, Portland's going to be the first game show I've been to in 3 years. I'm going to be a crazy person. Going to I don't want to touch people's boxes cuz Johnny, you shouldn't touch people's stuff, but I'm going to be like, "Yeah, can you uh can you open that Ninja Gaiden? Can we uh can I, I just want to look at the flap. I want to make sure both yeah, flaps yeah. are there." Can I Hold on. I I need to turn on my flashlight so I can see this <laughs> obscure black number on this printed on this black box. Uh Yeah. Like, just so you guys know, if you look at it and think you don't have a day code, don't feel bad. Just turn on your flashlight and look, because it's like graphite colored text on a black box. Yep. And small. And I'm old. So there we go. Anyways, uh, those are your two Ninja Guidance. What, what are you paying for them? 
I put $125 as my budget for Ninja Gaiden. And I think, I mean, yeah, because you're going to want one with all the inserts. It's freaking Ninja Gaiden. So, yeah, just go get a $125 copy. And what about part three? Yeah, and then Ninja Gaiden 3, I guess if, if anyone is somehow new to this show, I guess this could be, uh, people are like, oh, top 10 NES, that'll be an easy episode to listen to. Uh, yeah, Ninja Gaiden 3 is my favorite NES game that is not Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, but also, even beyond that, I think uh, you could say it is one of the most technically advanced NES games. The graphics in Ninja Gaiden 3 are amazing. And it's a rare and exciting game. It's not in that upper, upper echelon tier, but it's in that uncommon tier of NES games that people think are cool it's in that r7 range as you might say johnny oh um r7s huh yeah you know i went looking for like complete in box sales to get an idea on the price there is one complete in box uh that sold on ebay that i found it was 500 dollars, but it had like shrink wrap and it was pretty nice and there was only like a couple other ones listed on ebay and they're like in the 400 dollars range so that's probably what i'd budget but yeah i guess ninja guy in three seems genuinely kind of uncommon Pretty good. Genuinely uh, kind of uncommon. Certified nice. kind of uncommon seal of yeah, approval. Yeah, certified. Yeah, yeah. Get that on your water box. Uh, can you you want to hit him with the subtitle so everybody knows what that is? The Ancient Ship of Doom. That's right. Yeah. yeah right. I was hoping you would just like not care enough about it to not know the subtitle. <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> uh, just... People care about Ninja Gaiden 3. It's so important. It got ported to the Atari Lynx. Oh my That's how God. much people were clamoring for this game. They're like, I love Ninja Gaiden 3 so much. I got to play it on the go. Either that or Tecmo was just a whore. And they're just like, let's put our games everywhere. And it's on the Super Nintendo. No one talks about it. Yeah, looking at you, Rygar. <laughs> Anyways, my my next game, uh, and you've stopped me if you've heard of this one, uh, Kid Icarus. I think that is by far the worst choice out of any of our two lists, any game. <laughs> Uh, I, I like, and this might be a little bit of my nostalgia bleeding through and I, I, and I'm going to disagree with you because I'm looking at one of your games and I'm just like, nope, that's not, that's not even a thing. Um, so just get out of here with your fake bullshit. Um, Kid Icarus, I think is a great game. I enjoyed it a lot. It, it, you know, one, it was like, yeah, it was in Captain N like it, it made it into the cartoon, you know? so. It just, it captured a lot. It was, you know, the silver box on the game, eggplant wizards, everything about that game, I just enjoyed. I also was like a fiend for uh, Greek mythology at the time. So like Kid Icarus was doing everything for me. Uh, so I, I still just think back to it fondly. And uh, it's got a cool silver box. And, you know, it's what can I say about Kid Icarus? It's got a hang tab for all of you hardcore collectors if you want one. Uh, go spend 150 to 225 on it. Again, uh, no white ovals, please. Hang tab, sure. No white ovals. All right. So I can get you all of that. I can't get you the box. So the box is cool because it's silver and has a hang tab, which is kind of the only cool thing about Kid Icarus to me. I mean, also, like, it was important enough that... It made it into the cartoon that represent like a whole era of Nintendo. You like people know who Pit is. All right, all right. It's got the Nintendo cloud. A lot of things on on NES have the Nintendo cloud. But if you want a nostalgic game that I know you played from your childhood that has platforming elements and Greek mythology, let me tell you about Battle of Olympus, John. Oh, I love I a love better Battle choice of Olympus. For slide. No, Battle of Olympus is not as important as Kid Icarus. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, but that game is super cool. 
yeah, Battle of Olympus is a cool game. Like, also, I like it's not a Zelda two clone, but there. Fact, I think did we identify that it came out like it would have been in development at like the same time, um, or very nearly. Like Battle of Olympus is awesome. Go check out Battle of Olympus if you haven't played it. What a what a cool fun game that is. A little bit hard, but yeah, it's like it's so good. It, it, I love Zelda two, and it's not on my list. Like I really passionately love Zelda two, and I, I think that game gets slammed unnecessarily, and people don't realize how important Zelda two is. And Battle of Olympus gets you some more of that, and like cool Greek mythology, so cool. Like if you ask me which game I would rather play, I would probably rather play Battle of Olympus, but I, I have a I do have a super soft spot for Kid Icarus. Like, spoiler, Bubble Bobble didn't make my list, and I, I loved Bubble Bobble a lot, and I thought about whether I could justify putting it on this list. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, Zelda 2 didn't make my list just because I figured that it's too similar to Zelda, and then looking at my list, it's like nine action platformers and Zelda, yeah. so I don't exactly have variety in my list. I think I've, I've got some, like, okay variety going on. Kinda. Sure. Yeah, you definitely do. I don't. I have clear preference towards platform games, Johnny. All right. Uh, let, let's fight on this one because I know you want to fight me on it. Star Tropics, baby. Star Tropics. And I know that's like a... I, that, I, I feel like this is my most questionable one, but it's got a couple things <laughs> you going You feel like it. it is? Well, Nintendo promoted the hell out of it. It came with that the sweet letter, so it was like a cool insert that you were getting. You're like, oh my god, it comes with this cool letter. And it's a North American exclusive, right? Like, or did it come out in Europe? It was supposed to be it a North American Europe, exclusive. Yeah. yeah, but it, like a Nintendo game that didn't come out in Japan, it's that like came out here first. Like, just like when it came out, it was like such a cool idea. And I remember I was at this kid's house who I was, I, was name, I don't remember the kid's name, but I remember his parents did not like me. And I always felt uncomfortable at his house, but like he had Star Tropics, and I remember just being like up pretty late playing that after like he had gone to bed. I was just like, I'm just I'm gonna beat the Star Tropics game, and like what a cool experience that was. So I have a soft spot, but I just I think Star Tropics is objectively cool, and I like the box. I think the sequel is not good, but like I just the letter and everything, the packaging, I just think it hooks you, and that like that's a cool thing you can put on yourself and then talk about. All right, I agree. I think that in later years, as I've, uh, you know, gravitated more towards, like, finding interesting first things about games or just, like, something that makes a game unique, I think the fact that it's a Nintendo game that was North American exclusive is extremely unique. I don't even know how many Nintendo games didn't come out in Japan. I'm sure there are others, but there can't be a lot of them. Uh, and then, of course, it has the the letter, which is super cool. Uh, we're just looking at prices, and you put you put a budget of a hundred dollars, and I'm sure that's complete in box, super nice with the letter. Yep. There's a sealed copy. It had like uh, some corner pokes, but like no major tears or anything. Like it maybe wasn't quote unquote gradable, but it was like a pretty nice copy of Star Tropics for a hundred and twenty five dollars. The same price what? as a complete in box Ninja Gaiden. So wait, there was. Is there a sealed one out there for 125? That was nice. I didn't see that one. The cheapest sealed one I saw was 300. No, this was in solds. This was an auction. Oh yeah, yeah. No, in the solds. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I saw the one in solds, and like, if you could get that, like, fine. But I just make sure. Like, one of the coolest things about Star Tropics is the letter. So go get the letter. It's, that's uh, all. I'm yeah, and it, you know what? It was meant to be dunked in water. Don't be a baby. Dunk that so, in water. So cool. I so dunked cool. my letter in water. <laughs> 
It's yeah. worth it. It is worth it. Also, um, it's or, a cheap or game, so you know what? It yeah. don't you don't have to feel bad. That's why I mean, also, all the dunking and water and the ruining of the letters is probably why that letter is kind of uncommon. Make sure you get the letter. Is it uncommon? Kind of. I mean, most copies, most copies do not have the letter. And by Mm. most, I mean like 95%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember when I didn't have the letter. Except for the large large swath of uh, sealed ones. Sure. Yeah. It is a famously very common sealed NES game. Um, but yeah, when I didn't have the letter, I just went out and I bought an entire another copy. I'm like, ah, well, because the letter was probably like $15 and I could probably buy it. The, like someone didn't realize that their copy was 100% complete and I got it for like 25 bucks. Um, all right, Johnny, let me uh, let me tell you. Let me, let me get into my last two. Uh, my uh, my hot takes, maybe okay. you might say. Yeah, yeah, there's a take. All right. Battle Kid 2 limited no, edition. No, no. <laughs> No, no, and I, no. I'm definitely just download the ROM. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> you can't. Not a Battle Kid Two is not free. It is a commercial video game. Oh, fine. Go spend the five dollars on the ROM. Get out of here. I I'm not one of these these super players who is like involved with the NES homebrew development scene and is like playing every little demo that comes out. But I will say I have played a lot of NES homebrew. Definitely more NES homebrew than the average Nintendo fan. 100%. Uh, Battle Kid 2 is the best NES homebrew. I haven't played anything that even comes close to it. It is super good. It was made by literally one dude. And uh, it has a limited edition that is limited to, I think, 33 copies. This was a, a thing in the in the 2000s, and it even kind of continues now. When people put out a homebrew, they'll make like a ridiculously limited edition and you see this on Kickstarters now. They'll have like the the ultra tier. We're only going to make three of these. Then we're only going to if you spend seven hundred fifty dollars, we're going to make ten of these. And if you spend two hundred fifty dollars, we're going to make a hundred of those. And like the artificial rarity with homebrews is is out of control. But because I think Battle Kid Two is the best NES homebrew that has ever been made, and I think Battle Kid is iconic as a homebrew franchise like maybe battle kid is not an iconic nes game but when you think of homebrew battle kid is in that conversation um just i just like, i want to no one's gonna walk no one's gonna walk into your room like your no your, your average person absolutely they're, not, not. they're gonna look they're gonna look they're gonna be like oh mario oh zelda oh ninja guy i remember metroid what what is battle kid 2 what the hell is this uh, of your 10 games oh is this a limited run this games weird? release yeah d- is this one of those <laughs> This is one of those like uh, short print companies. Like, get out of here, yuck, Tyler, yuck. Um, I think that the more interesting thing to get would be like Garage Cart, uh, which is quote unquote the first uh, commercially sold NES homebrew, which is also who cares? Dubi- It's a dubious uh, claim because like in Southeast Asia, like they never stopped cranking out physical eight bit games. So to say that like. You know, Garage Cart is the first NES homebrew when NES development never really stopped in other parts of the world. I don't know. Um, the thing with Garage Cart is, I think there's three games on Garage Cart, and I, off the top of my head, I can't even name one of them. Um, so Garage Cart is super cool, very expensive, very collectible game. There's one on eBay for like thirty grand. No one's gonna pay that, but Garage Cart, very expensive. I think there's also somewhere like thirty copies of Garage Cart. That stop exist. talking about Garage Cart. Um, why? Why, why, why do you stop talking about Garage Cart? Because your argument for keeping Battle Kid on is so weak that you had to start talking about Garage Cart. 
I'm explaining why I'm putting Battle Kid because Battle oh. Kid. What Jesus? <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, you should. I was I was thinking about like black box challenge. Can you imagine me not having like black box games and then putting black box challenge on? I think black box challenge oh. is kind of cool. No, I'm not going to put black box challenge on my list. Anyway, Johnny, Don't Battle Kid it. Two, the limited okay. edition. If somebody has a Battle Kid Two limited edition, please sell it to me. I'm probably going to pay more than most people because I'm. Who wants that? Other crazy do people it. who are into homebrew that are going to pay tons of money for it. Anyway, John, that's my worst uh, worst pick in terms of yeah. other people relating to it. 100%. What a great game. <laughs> All right. What, what else you got? Uh, my last game is Gimmick, Johnny. This definitely, you know what? I think six months ago, this would not have made the list. Um, so okay. I was corrected by 8-Bit Supremacy. I trashed the Scandinavian release of Gimmick because or Mr. Gimmick. I said that it ran in slow motion. Mr. Gimmick actually runs at full speed, but the music is in slow motion, which sucks, but I could put up with that more than I would be able to put up with the game being in slow motion. So um, Mr. Gimmick uh, is a super late release. Uh, it's a, it's, so it was released on Famicom as Gimmick, which is the version I would really want and the version I own but we're only talking about NES, so I have to get Mr. Gimmick, which was a rare Scandinavian-released NES game. And uh, it's just a super good platformer. It's got amazing graphics. It's got, like, physics for a star that you throw around. It's got secrets. It's uh, it's one of the most technically advanced NES games, kind of similar to Ninja Gaiden 3 in that sense. And it's an action platformer, which, guess what? It's my favorite genre, Johnny. But it also has the super cloud factor of being this super rare and desirable game. Complete in box, the last one in like pretty wrecked shape on eBay went for $1,200, which like even being kind of wrecked, I don't think is like super bad. Uh, no, that's a good price. Other copies for like a good complete in box, though, I've seen like three or $4,000. Yeah, it, it's one of those games that I've looked at and... Uh... Yeah, twelve hundred. I I might have paid. I would have like had to sit there and think about it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that game is expensive. It sure is expensive. Or you could go find uh, that super collectible Time Walk game version. People still hot and bothered for Time Walk game I, stuff. There's, there's gotta, there's people who probably like want it to be a thing. Like, no, you guys don't remember. Guys, time they make such good fake games. You just don't. Yeah, their boxes good. are so God. thick. They're they only so made thick. so many of them. I I don't I don't understand also, collectible gimmick, fake games. Yeah, gimmick Sunsoft game. And you know how I feel about Sunsoft. Uh, that they secretly had the best music on NES. Sunsoft is like uh, just completely underrated publisher on Nintendo. Still criminally underrated. Anyways, um, yeah, I find gimmick to be a weird choice to be on here. Not a wrong choice, just a weird choice. Um, but all right, I'll, I'll really? allow it. Uh, is that weird? I, I mean, think... no, I just, uh, I look, I'm being very North American centric. That's why I'm saying it's weird. Okay. Um, that, that's all like, and uh, we have, we're coming from different places. Uh, I don't think it's wrong. Like I, I don't, you know, gimmicks a fine choice. I just thought it was, it, it threw me a little bit when you put gimmick on there. That's all. All right. I should. It should be Mr. Gimmick because I, I. Yeah, Mr. I, as Gimmick. As much games. as I wish I could pick Famicom games, I can't. Yeah, it's a whole other episode. 
that I will know nothing about. Yeah, That's I not mean, true. See, I'll, like, I'll know plenty. Even but. I, like I, I know a bunch of Famicom things, but I have definitely not played as much into the Famicom library as I have into NES. So I feel like my opinion, even as a Famicom fan, I don't, I would not be a great resource for telling you like these are the games that you must have because nope. I haven't played a ton of Famicom games, Johnny. What a shock! No, wow, weird. Why? Because you're an American kid. There's like a Is whole genre happened? on Famicom of like text adventure police dramas, and it's like, guess what? I haven't played any of those, Johnny. Why not? I don't know. Oh, I bet a bunch of them are translated, though. I'm just being probably that I haven't played them. Yeah, you just just toughen up. Don't be a baby. Anyways, uh, my my last two. Here's one you're not gonna fight me on. Final Fantasy. Uh, you know, I look. The argument between Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior, and yes, Dragon Warrior, because we're talking about the nest, and Dragon Warrior is a much, like, to me, is the the name, like, I'm not, like, I can't do Dragon Quest. Anyways, but Final Fantasy, get this game, get it nice. Okay, there's a few different versions I would accept here, Make but make sure you have your map and your your, your two maps, and you've got the nice manual, like, make sure the manual is thick, like, this game is packed with stuff so make sure that manual looks tidy make sure your maps aren't like if someone laminated that's cool to hang on your wall but like they're not going to fit in your box so don't do that but you gotta those maps tear really easily so especially after being folded for so long so try make sure your maps are pretty good make sure that box is clean it's a black box so you can get it like messed up um don't get don't get a Canadian one with like all the Mattel extra stuff because it's like a very simplistic box. It's, you know, the image is clean and in the center. Don't, don't mess it up with a bunch of extra stuff. Get, get that very, get the U S version. Uh, I, I do love the red band version of final fantasy. If I was getting multiple final fantasies, I would get the red band Canadian version, but, uh, just get this one shell out for it. Pay, Pay $250, $300 and make sure you just have a nice clean copy or spend that money around that much money piecing together uh, like the nicest box you can find and then getting really nice inserts. Okay, I just want to go back. You said there are multiple versions of Final Fantasy because I don't think I know any variants of Final Fantasy. Oh, just like there. Well, there's just the Canadian ones, right? Like oh, okay. There's, there's like, uh, there's a Canadian red band and then there's like the double seal, or, you know, the double um, Nintendo seal, uh, the Mattel. And then, it, yeah, it just, it just clutters up the box and it looks awful. Okay. Just to be clear, when you say red band, you mean that the top of the box has a, a small red bar that says Nintendo Entertainment System at the box yep. that you see in uh, some later release yeah, games. So. I, I believe it goes around the whole box. Okay. Front and back. Front, back, yep. and sides. I So, uh, yep. And that that's, uh, you know, it looks cool. I, I, I like those variants. Yep. And uh, I, think, I think Final Fantasy is definitely a good choice. I... Like I'm, I'm, I'm like going after all like, oh, what's the the most important game? I think Dragon Quest might be, or Dragon Warrior for the NES version might be the more important game to yeah. the genre. But Probably. I think Final Fantasy is such a better game than Dragon Quest One that I would probably pick Final Fantasy for my collection too. I mean, and I and I love Final Fantasy. Uh, I mean, and I love Dragon Warrior. I love both of them. So I, when I had to come down to it, uh. It was hard, especially the Dragon Warrior, like, get the one that was in the Nintendo Power, like, that's, like, pretty cool 
to say like it's cool as a collector to be like oh i got the one that isn't in the nintendo power but like if you're just thinking about like oh my god like from a historical perspective they to sell their magazine and this game to get americans to embrace rpgs they they just gave it to you if you got the subscription how cool is that that is pretty cool i think the dirt commonness of dragon warrior tracks down the collectible interest for me a little bit and how jam-packed Final Fantasy is with just uh, how big the manual is and it comes with a map that makes it more interesting. Dragon Warrior is more packed. Like there's what the Nintendo Power version came with like some extra stuff. So and then there was like in a Nintendo Power, there's like inserts. You can like you your Dragon Warrior is spilling out of that box. You're not going to like once you open it, just forget it. Just buy a steel Dragon Warrior and then never, never open it. <laughs> just buy a sealed Dragon War. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, Dragon Warrior Sealed is also common. I bet it's it's cheaper than uh, maybe Mr. Gimmick. What are some other expensive games we had? Maybe like Castlevania even might be cheaper uh, to get a Sealed Dragon. I think it's going to be one of the cheapest Sealed games on this list. Like Star Tropics and that are probably the cheapest games on this list to buy Sealed. All right. What's your last game then, Johnny? Uh, this one you might fight me on. And I don't know. I I picked Metal Gear. Okay, Metal Gear. Uh, just Metal Gear, and not because I think it's the best game, but I, again, coming from a point of like, if someone's going to come in, Metal Gear is such a popular series, and you know, I have a very controversial. I don't really like Metal Gears after Metal Gear Gear Solid. Um, I don't like. Everyone's like, oh man, God, Metal Gear three and four and five this is the best games ever, and I'm just like, I I don't like them. It's too much movie watching for me. I'm not interested. And I like games to be a movie. Like I love Uncharted. That that's not normally a criticism. I just whatever is going on in Metal Gear just stopped grabbing me. And I love Snake's Revenge. I have I told you this. I'm sure I've said it on the podcast. But I played Snake's Revenge before Metal Gear. Yeah. Because I thought. Like, I didn't know they were... And then when I found out, that blew my mind, and then I had to go get Metal Gear. Anyways, I just think Metal Gear is a very important title to gaming, uh, despite my feelings on it. And I think it would be cool for someone to come back, because they're going to think, oh, yeah, like, their first... Like, we kind of made a joke about this, but the first version of Metal Gear for most people is Metal Gear Solid. Um, Yes, it is a port of an MSX title, but I think... You know, in America, this is the first instance you could. So I think if everyone's thinking, oh, man, this didn't really start till the PlayStation. And then all of a sudden you can point to it on a Nintendo. I just think that is like a cool, interesting bit of history that you can point at and show people. And uh, yeah, Metal Gear. There you go. That That's why I picked it. I don't I don't hate Metal Gear. The reason it's not on my list is it doesn't I don't think there's any one aspect of it that I could say is like my favorite reason to put it on a list. So, yes. It is the first Metal Gear game, uh, which is a really important series, but it's not Metal Gear for the MSX, which is the Hideo Kojima developed version of it. And this is like an un Kojima sanctioned version of Metal Gear. I also I think it's a fine game. I don't think it's a as good a game as a Final Fantasy or Ninja Gaiden. Um, no, in terms of the stealth genre, I think Metal Gear is important, but it is definitely not. I've, I actually read, even while doing research for this episode, I found uh, some blog post that was like, Metal Gear, the first stealth game. And it is absolutely not. <laughs> um, it is an important stealth game, definitely. But it's not the start of the genre. 
if the, if any one of those aspects was like it's the thing for either gameplay or it's the thing to own for the first Metal Gear or it's the thing to own for the stealth genre, then I could go with it. But not making the top ten for me personally. There's me shitting uh, all over Metal Gear for you more than somehow Star Tropics. I don't think somehow. I shot on Star Tropics enough. Yeah, you probably should have done more of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just so you know. Uh, you can get a factory sealed uh, 7.0 Dragon Warrior for uh, $800. So I see some sealed ones for like $399 or best offer. I'm not looking at solds. $500. So yeah, there are sealed ones on eBay, on eBay available. You could totally get a sealed Dragon Warrior. Uh, back to the Dragon Warrior thing. The reason I didn't pick that. I also like Dragon Warrior 4 a lot better. Uh, that's my favorite Dragon Warrior. So Un- uncommon opinion there, Johnny. Yeah, I haven't yeah. played Dragon Warrior four, but I know it's much more complex than Dragon. Warrior. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything. Like, well, I mean, Dragon Warrior is complicated in the sense that you have to like stand in front of a door and tell it open, uh, which is obnoxious. Because what else do you want to do? And then, like, yeah, Dragon Warrior. Yes, it's a very rudimentary game, but that I don't hold that against it. But I'm just. In the essence of the series, I like Dragon Warrior 4. And all all the first four are, are amazing, so I, I love them a lot. But if I'm picking a favorite, and I was trying, trying to put it on my list, and I wouldn't want to put a four before the original, so that also helped my choice with Final Fantasy. But uh, back to Metal Gear. Metal Gear is a solid game, so that's why I put it on there. See what I did there? Ah! Yeah. I love the idea that if people are going back to the, the first Metal Gear game, they just stop at Metal Gear Solid and they're like, yeah. hey, fuck this 2D shit, what the yeah. fuck is this? I, I think most people don't acknowledge, like, you put Snake's Revenge on there and they're going to be like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, I think if you showed them the MSX version, they'd be like, oh, a weird Japanese Metal Gear, okay, that makes sense. And then you show them Metal Gear 2 over there, which is different, and that would melt their mind. They'd be like, wow, that's weird, but that's so Japanese, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, it clearly didn't make it to the U.S. until uh, until it got to that PlayStation, right, with Metal Gear Solid, and then you're like, no, actually, on your NES, you can play Snake's Revenge and Metal Gear, and they'll just be like, what are you talking about? That's not Metal Gear. And you're like, no, it is. Look, here, here's Snake and Big Boss Man, and here's an actual Metal Gear. You can see it here. And they'd just be like, no, I, no. they might throw up (laughs) the thing is i agree with you but um it's just so funny that it's not even there are games that like the early iterations of it are like okay this is kind of a a different thing and then it turned into the real franchise like even if you look at like sonic like sonic 2d sonic is one thing 3d sonic is a completely different thing yeah Um, but it didn't become sonic till sonic shadow i mean when he got that gun (laughs) right that's with Metal Gear, it's like the first game is called Metal Gear. There's there's Metal Gears in Metal Gear, and like the on NES, there's Snake's Revenge, and the like might as well not even be a fucking Metal Gear game. And how no one gives a shit about Snake's Revenge. My favorite Metal Gear game, Snake's Revenge. Uh, all right, um, all right, buy uh buy Metal Gear seventy five dollars to one hundred. You know, I'm 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 a yeah. It's not not so expensive. Uh, I weirdly, I weirdly love sequels like more than the originals. I don't know why. Like I, I have sequelitis. I guess like I love Castlevania too. I like the weird sequels. I love them. Castlevania, Mario two, uh, Snake's Revenge. You know me, Mega Man two. I love all the twos. I think NES would be a lot more boring if the sequels didn't uh, iterate as much as they did. 
I think so too, because if you look at something like Mario the Lost Levels, people are not that interested in it. Uh, you know it's another good one? Uh, Battle Kid 2. Uh, huge improvement over Battle Kid. A lot of the same, but you uh, know. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Battle Kid 2. I also like more than the original Battle Kid. There we go. Uh, it's because it has an easy mode. Yeah. 1943 better than 1942. Uh, yes, I also agree, but why? What are you talking about? This is another. Johnny, are we done? <laughs> Yeah, we're done. That's the that's the whole list. Uh, yeah, buy those NES games. They're really good. Uh, do you want to tell them the other stuff we considered and like really like if we were expanding it out to fifteen games, like all these games would have been on my list. All right, yeah, I mean, I just uh, games that didn't make the cut that we did talk about before the episode. Dragon Warrior, which I think we talked about enough. Tetris. I think super important. Yeah, obviously Tetris is super important. I think, but the more most- important on Game Boy. Yeah, it's more important on Game Boy. The thing is, the NES version is the version that people compete in, and people are still competing in Tetris today. So I think the lasting version of Tetris to own is the NES version, which is why it would be high up on my list of games to own. And even even as the guy who's like, oh, you could go get like a PC Tetris, the original, original version of Tetris is for like a Russian microcomputer, and it's burned onto a loose floppy disk that's forgotten in the USSR somewhere. So you can't own the first version of Tetris, and I think the most important is Game Boy followed by NES. I agree. Uh, Castlevania 3 we talked about. I think it's basically as good as Castlevania. It's just not as collectible. Ghosts and Goblins you brought up. Yeah, I do love a Ghosts and Goblins. I mean, it's uh, got it's, it's got the horror factor. It's an early NES game. It's a super good game. It's also it's fantasy hard. a little bit. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, uh, it's got... It, just punishes you it punishes you in a way where people talk about nintendo games were hard and then you're just like oh yeah try some ghosts and goblins also what a great title it's it's super good title um yeah and also if you got like a ghosts and goblins on display if that's like one of your games that you have like either in like a display case or facing outward you just look like a badass you're like oh yeah i I play ghosts and goblins i'm not playing uh not playing this ninja gaiden shit anyone could be ninja gaiden you can get a hang tab for it as well there you go. Oh, yeah, more collector's clout there. Yeah, nice. Uh, also, Mike Tyson's punch out. Did we even bring that up? <laughs> no, we didn't. Like, and that was that was one like I actively had to like pull off. Like, it definitely could have made the list. Probably should have over maybe maybe my Star Tropics, you know, or maybe even Metal Gear. Like all these games, like you could switch it out. I I wouldn't argue at all if uh, someone's like you're an insane person. Punch out is my third favorite NES game ever. Yeah, I it's great. I love me some Punch Out. So you're, you're not gonna find a fight with me. I might like Punch Out more than the first Zelda. That's how much I like Punch Out. Wow, still really? didn't make um, this. Yeah, um, that's crazy. See, also if I, uh, you know, if I really, if it was like one of my favorite games ever, I would have fucking beat it and stopped being such a wimp. Lose. I can't believe you have not beat Punch Out. You're good at video games. I, it's not that I know, hard. I'm good at video games. Still can't beat Punch Out because it's not. It's not a skill thing. It's a reaction thing. It's fucking difficult. I'm not, man. I'm not that good at video game. I used to be really good at video games, and now I am not good at video games. And I still be punch out within the last five years. I know. I'm. I'm just. I'm just good at pattern memorization and things like that. If you put, I could probably like. I don't play the Dark Souls games, but like, if I just like sit and bash my head at something and have to memorize shit, I am all about that, Johnny. So I'd probably be. I'd probably love all the Dark but Souls that's, games. But that's I like all Punch Out is. Punch. They're just no, pattern recognition. Yeah, that's what. 
the, the first 95% of the game is, and then you get to Tyson and you you, there, you can't like pre-react to anything or you lose. And Follow my thing eyes. is I memorize stuff so I don't have to react. I just know that like, oh, he's I just he's about to use his charge attack. Time for me to dodge to the left. And I could do that. But with Tyson, you don't have time to like mentally prepare that stuff in your mind. And then you press left too early and you dodge into his thing and he knocks you out. I'll beat it. I'll beat it. It's on my like to-do list. I'm not playing anything right now. I, I'll tell you what I'm playing in, in probably five minutes here. But um, like I'm not I don't have anything serious going on this summer. So maybe I'll get back on the punch out grind. All right, let's do it. And then you got to go beat Super Punch-Out. And then you need to beat Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream. Uh, You know, I mean, maybe I could do that because once I can beat Tyson, like I should be able to theoretically do it every time or like almost every time. Right. So that shouldn't be I, too bad. Yeah. I wonder if people consider Tyson harder than Mr. Dream. I, I wonder if there's like any of these like weird like edge what? You know, bleeding edge people. About? Well, you know, like, I wonder if there's like these bleeding edge people after Tyson was eliminated from the punch out on Nest. They're like, no, this is actually the better version of punch out. I wonder if there's any of those people. <laughs> there's literally no one. Uh, right into the show. No. If you think that punch out is better than Mike Tyson's punch out. You know, I don't know, Johnny. I've never fought Mr. Dream. I don't even know if I've ever played just Punch-Out. Because why would anyone play Punch-Out when they could play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Uh, what about I don't know the, the differences. You I know, you can get the classics version of it as well. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I've, uh, I'm thinking now I've never played Punch-Out, just regular Punch-Out. I don't even know what the title screen looks like. Because you see... Mike, when you boot up Mike Tyson's Punch Out, there's like yeah, Mike he's just Tyson's sitting there. there in a square. Like, is, yeah. is it Mr. Dream there? Like, I don't know what Punch Out looks like, Johnny. <laughs> You're gonna have to Google it. Oh man, yeah, All that's right. weird. All right, okay. Uh, um, what's the next part of the show? What the next part now? of the show is we answer a question from the people on our Patreon. Hey, if you want to answer a question or if you want to ask us questions and you want to hang out with cool people on our Discord, you could do so by joining our Patreon for as little as $2 or as much as $6. But $4 is the sweet spot because there you not only get access to our Discord, but you also get access to the bonus episodes and After Dark stuff we do. So you can find that at uh, patreon.com slash quest. Go there if you want to join. And all the recent people have just joined. Hey, thank you so much. We are so happy to have you. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you on the Discord. Go on, Tyler. Strange asks, I know it's been touched on before, but Sonic for the Sega Master System is the UPC needed for a complete US Master System set? Oh, God. What a what a horrible <laughs> question. Uh, you know, that's going <sighs> to... That's going to really Explain what the UPC is first. Okay. So, okay. So, Sonic was just imported. The 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 European version was imported over here. When it got here, it had to have a US UPC code on it. So, they just put a sticker over the European ones. They didn't bother with the whole new printing. They just said, "We're just going to put a sticker on these things. They're imports. They're just imports. They just put a sticker on them." And uh, that makes it the U.S. version, that sticker. But also, I know of people, one, those things can fall off because it's just an adhesive and they do just come off. Uh, also, I know people who bought them here in America at a Toys R Us who did not have a sticker and still do not have a sticker on them. So I say no, 
because also who cares? Like you have the title, uh, nothing other than that sticker changes it. And that sticker isn't like a special Sega sticker. It's just, it's literally just a, for commerce. So it can be purchased at a register here. So, you know, come on, come on. people. I think for your personal collection, it doesn't matter. But also I think if you're collecting just a U.S. master system set, which is like what? 114 games. There's like nothing yeah. on the U.S. master system. I think UPC Sonic is one of like the pillars of that collection. Like I'm, I don't mean to dis master system. I'm going to dis master system. There's not a you lot do of all the time. There's not a lot of exciting games on master system. If you want to show off stuff in your master system, you could be like, yeah, I've got golden X warrior. I've got power strike. And I've got a UPC Sonic. So personally, I would get the UPC one. I mean, sure, you can complete your collection without it. What about Buster it. Douglas? Like, Buster Douglas doesn't even excite me. I think Golden Axe Warrior is cooler than Buster Douglas. Golden Axe Warrior is pretty good. Buster Douglas is it's one of these games. Is, it's become, like, the de facto rarest game. But Has you, been forever. You can go yeah. on eBay at any point. You could buy a Buster Douglas. I, like like, everybody's I don't even know. know. Like, can you get a, a UPC Strider or something? Uh, like, no, those probably, are those are uh, harder. Yeah, there are probably things on Master System, even for just like random US releases that are harder to get than Buster Douglas. I just think it's it's an overrated rarity. It might be a situation where like there's nothing at, on the Sega Master System that's like, you know, a stadium events, magical chase thing. And people just took a game that's like pretty uncommon and they tried to make it that. But I don't think Buster Douglas is. Is all fucking that. Yeah, I mean, I also because Buster Douglas has been known as the thing forever, like, I think that's another reason you can find it because it's it was identified as the thing so early and it that's never changed. Uh, yeah, and I agree. Um, the gamer collective asks why all the waifus and links to some bikini waifu game, and I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where that, I don't know I, where that question waifu even comes impact. From. It's supposedly Genshin Impact crossed with Fortnite. I anime people. I'm happy you guys have so many options these days for games to play. VG Collectaholic asks, "What is your favorite TV series and movie that's either based on a video game property or is game related?" Hmm. That that's a hard one. Uh, can I pre-say The Last of Us? <laughs> Even though it's no, not out yet. That is... No, what... <laughs> Video game properties are, like, historically terrible, and you're going to, like, rate something before seeing it? Like, oh, this will probably be the best. It's going to be... It's HBO. It's going to be great. I mean, what is it competing against? How about things that you have seen? Let's, uh... Let's uh, work on that Captain N. No, The Game Master. Uh, I really enjoy, um, like, th that started out as as video games and then went the other way. God, that's hard. Um, let's see. Did it have to start out as a video game? Could I pick yeah, it on? I guess, no, yeah, because there's so many, yeah. like, licensed games. That, yeah. yeah, like, I'm like, oh, Pirates are like, you just get, it's done. So I've gone on Letterboxd, and I have found a video game list, and I've sorted it by highest, and I think you are going to disagree with my choice. Okay, um... I have not watched any of the new Halo series, have you? No. Uh, Crossfire, does that count? Was that... <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, never mind. Go <laughs> ahead. Cuphead? 
I, d is that good? I watched like five minutes of it, and I'm like, this is not something that I need from Cuphead. I need a physical release of that Xbox 360 game, please. Or Xbox One, whatever. I, I have my answer. You have yours? I sure do. Okay, what's yours? The Super Mario Brothers movie. You're wrong. <laughs> That's it is it is simultaneously so bad it's Hilarious. good and a legitimately good dark fantasy movie. I think it's great. I don't know I, I think it would be fine if it wasn't called Mario. I think it's that makes it better. It's better that it's like this adaptation that that is Maybe. not what anyone else would come up with. It's like uh, Guillermo uh, del Toro's uh, Super Mario Brothers. It's so okay. strange. That's you know, uh, yeah, like if David Lynch did Super Mario Brothers, this is what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I can. You can sway with me with that argument, but I'm just going to say the Castlevania series on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good too. I wasn't really thinking about TV stuff. I mean, on a, like a technical and storytelling level, yes, that is better than the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, but you know what? I bet in 20 years I will forget about the Castlevania Netflix series, and I bet I never forget about the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's true. But hey, have you heard of Skylanders Academy? It's on Netflix. I absolutely have not heard of that. Well, in Wait, case, is that you know that's real? When did that come out? Is like Skylander still a thing? I don't know when it came out. Why would I know that? I don't because you're talking it, look, about it. Let me tell you some of the people who are in it. Have you ever heard of Catherine O'Hara? I don't know actors. So Catherine O'Hara is the mom from Home Alone. She's in Beetlejuice. She's uh, okay. Schitt's Creek. Okay, she's in everything. Have you heard of Norm Macdonald? Bobcat Goldweight. All right. So it's got some okay. people in it. Patrick Warburton and Billy West. Come on. All right. It's got few. I mean, Skylanders is a huge franchise. Also, this was yeah. from 2016 to 2018. So guys, no, don't worry. There's not an actively running Skylanders TV show. I, the, the cast list is so impressive. I don't understand it. And like, do kids are like the kids who are watching that? Do they even care that like, oh my god, Felicia Day is in this? Like, they're they're fucking five years old. I don't. Yeah, like I I think they went overboard hoping adults would go and like, I, yeah. Anyways, all right. Last question is for you, Johnny. It's just uh, Lord Hearthstyle Z asks, why is Tyler? Uh, that's a good question. Um. To seriously answer this question, we would have to talk to his mom. Um, the The physical question of why is Tyler is because uh, his mother and his father one That's day That's all the lied time we have for questions today. <laughs> they, they lied together in a husbandly way. Husbandly uh, <laughs> way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Tyler's dad hugged his mother in a husbandly way. Um, he, did, he did layeth upon her. And um, yeah. Get gross and biblical. Hey, when you say it like kind of biblically, it gets a little grosser. I think a a large part about why I am can be traced back to me having all the Sega shit and my friends having all the Nintendo shit as a kid. And just, man, all the Nintendo shit was so much cooler. Like, a, a large part of my interests and pursuits as an adult are the things I was deprived of in my childhood that I saw all my other friends have. Yeah, uh, so which we can also blame. We can also blame his mom and dad for that. Absolutely, because they did that. Yeah. Why? Why? He just wanted a Game Boy, I and he got a Game Boy. Just wanted Gear. a Game Boy. Yeah. You know, I probably could have lived without the NES and Super Nintendo, which I absolutely understood they were better than Sega Genesis in every way. 
But if I just had the Game Boy, I would have had Mario, I would have had Kirby, I would have had Pokemon, which I had to wait till Game Boy Color till I played Pokemon. I didn't get any Nintendo! I don't even, like, I might have been less of a PC gamer if I had more Nintendo stuff growing up. Maybe yeah, just, like, like I got bored of Sega, because Sega doesn't have any, like, persistent games, and I wanted to play, like, computer RPGs and things like that, because Sega wasn't giving me that, Johnny. Can you imagine, Tyler, like, you're... Like your whole collector being may not exist if your parents just hadn't made that decision. Right? Like, w- I, I might have either been like one of these 100% NES guys because I know Nintendo people just like, there are people who are just like, I don't care about any video games except for NES. Or like, what would I be? Would I be one of these people who doesn't care about computer games and just pretends computers don't exist? Yeah, this, it's that, that's why is Tyler. All right. Good answer. <laughs> Johnny, what are you, what are you buying? What are you playing? Let's, let's move Remember on. Because his father hugged his mother in a husbandly oh way God. when he did layeth upon her and uh, distribute his essence. Are you done? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, done. <laughs> it's like a Stefan comment. It, it is like <laughs> a Stefan comment. Inappropriate I mean, and out of place. <laughs> That's not true. It's not inappropriate. Uh, we asked, why is Tyler? And that is open to interpretation. I'm just saying. Johnny, what are you buying? I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Let me just... You can cut all that. That's so stupid. It's so dumb. Um, What am I buying? Uh, Tyler, you know, I bought some games. I had gone through a pretty big lull where I was, like, getting a couple games here and there. Shout out. Huge shout out to Mr. CIB. Helped me out a bunch. Sent me a bunch of Game Boy Color games I'm starting to post. Because I, like, hadn't even been posting on Instagram. Uh, So that's, like, really cool. I got some really fun titles there. I got Toki Tori and... Like what? Like weirdly, I'm most excited about the Emperor's New Groove and the Flintstones that he sent me. Pretty sweet games to be sent. Just gotta say, uh, like for Game Boy Color, you're just not getting much better than that. And I'm like super, super pleased with the, all the things he sent me. But pretty cool. But Tyler and I, this is the one. This is the one that's really gonna appeal to you. And it came today, so I'm glad I get to bring it up in this episode. Tyler, I got tapeworm today. Whoa! And that's a game. That's a game. That's a game. Not not a condition that I'm dealing with. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game, right? It what sure else is. Wait, wait, did we talk about this on the show already? No, I think I sent you a picture of it like a long time ago because I thought it was funny. Okay. Did you just uh, get it because it's funny? Literally, yeah. I literally just got. I'm like, can I justify <laughs> putting this in my Halloween games? I mean, it's a game called Tapeworm. That's hilarious. Like, again, I think about things as like I want to show people, and like I want to show people Tapeworm. My wife was just like, this is the best. So if you haven't seen this box, it's like this horrible silver SpectraVision box, and it's got this Tapeworm on it, and it's like eating apples, and there's like a bug and a bird on it. You're just like, what is happening? Uh, the glasses, uh, the the worm is wearing glasses. Um, just like, okay. And there's another worm and an apple. So it's kind of like a tapeworm eating a worm and like full size. It's very strange. Uh, but yeah, I'm just tickled that there's a game called Tapeworm. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious. There, like, I didn't want to pay like the $80 that it had been on eBay. And someone finally put one up for like $35. And I was like, okay, fine. And that was shipped. 35 shipped. I was like, fine, deal. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, so I, I bought Tapeworm because it's hilarious. If anyone doesn't know what Tapeworm is, it's just Snake. Um, and I know nobody knows what Tapeworm is. So uh, yeah, it's just Snake. 
it I you know what I think it is is definitely a game worthy of being in your collection Johnny just because it's so strange that someone would make a game with that theme that it, that's like a little bit emblematic of the Atari era that like yeah I need to make a cartridge uh tapeworm ship it <laughs> yeah hey guys I was thinking uh there's not enough games based on parasites right <laughs> so uh you know, like, snakes are scary, but tapeworms, like, what about, yeah, are you guys with me? Tapeworm? No? Well, I'm right. going to make it anyways, because uh, it's Atari and I can do whatever I want. What a weird game. What a weird game. Like, not that the game itself is weird, because the game itself is, like, pretty rudimentary and boring. Um, but, yeah, it just, like, what a weird thing that someone got through. Just got through. Many people looked at this and went, yep. Someone signed off on this. The, like, did the, someone lose a bet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, the weird part is, like, as a commercial product, like, what kids saw that on the shelf and they're like, Mom, I want tapeworm. Yeah. Like, every mother's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, also, did did we talk about this on the show? How or Maybe it was, like, in an After Dark at one point, the world, like, tapeworms used to be in diet pills. Like, you'd get two yes. pills yeah, we definitely like, talked about yeah, this on the show. One, uh, one of them, one of them was the worm, and the other one was the medicine to kill the worm. Oh, weird! Fucking tapeworm. Tapeworm's a game, guys. Go, go buy tapeworm. Anyways, that that's what I bought. Uh, what did I play? I played more Kirby with my son because that's what he's like trying to do. And I don't think I even played any Lego Star Wars in the last week. I've been kind of busy. Johnny, what about you? I got, uh, what am I playing? Uh, no, I played the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge. I played it with and? four of my friends. We played five people. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did it have the theme song? Um, Probably. I was on Discord. I wasn't listening to the music a lot. Aww. I only remember the Shredder boss music, which was which was a rap song, and it was fucking epic. It was awesome. Uh, mm. I mean, the, the production values of the game are off the charts. It looks It looks super good. Um, oh, I, I want it. Now, you know, I love that they put the pizza coupon in it. Yeah, in the physical version. I mean, I, I bought it on, like, Game Pass. So I didn't even I know, buy but it. I just have you, it. You're not going to buy a physical version? No. I don't. Weirdo. To be clear, I don't like beat-em-up. So this game was, like, okay, which Power. for a beat-em-up for me is, like, a glowing review. The only beat-em-up that, like, I kind of like is, like, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. That game was pretty good. Uh, and, like, Castle Crashers is amazing, too, which doesn't require a lot of skill. It's just a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, it was fine. The, it's so I don't know if this is everyone's experience with the game. So there's a taunt button which just like uh, basically freezes you in place for two seconds, and then it refills your your special attack. And your special attack just creates a bubble around a third of the screen, and everything in that bubble dies, and you're invincible. So when you're playing with five people, everyone just recharges their special attack, which just freezes them for two minutes. And then uses it. And so when someone uses their special attack, the screen freezes for half a second. So it's just going through the entire level. It's just constantly just ju like stuttering because people are constantly spamming their special attacks and recharging it. It's so dumb and it makes the game so easy and pointless. But maybe that was the point. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's everyone's experience with that game or if that's just the people I played with. That's weird. Anyway, Johnny, uh, I brought up 
this copy of Ultima 5, Warriors of Destiny, for the Apple II. It was signed by Lord British and dated from the month it was released. Uh, and I, I brought it up that this came up and sold pretty quickly, and it might have been an interesting thing. I don't even remember why I brought it up. But it was relisted. Uh, I don't know why it was relisted, and this time I just went and bought it, Johnny. Uh, no, you did it. I just you got it. You had regret in the last episode. I didn't Redemption. have a lot of regret, uh, but I went. I have two copies of Ultima Five, and I went and looked at both of my copies. And this insert, which may be like some kind of special pre-order version, which would be pretty cool if I could find out if it is. But there's two inserts in it, like little advertising inserts that I didn't have. So I figured. In the absolute worst case, if this is like a fake signature or something, or this is absolutely just not a special version of Ultima 5, worst case scenario, now I have 100% complete in box Ultima 5. Uh, so that's cool. And that is, that's case. probably, that's on my list to play this year as well, because I just beat Ultima 4. Uh, another cool thing I got, um, Diablo Hellfire. So the official expansion to Diablo 1, which was made by Sierra. It's like a licensed expansion pack that wasn't made by Blizzard. It's it's a weird thing. That um, is weird. I finally got uh, that for a price I wanted to pay. And then the last thing, Johnny, I think you're a Call of Duty fan. Maybe this is exciting to you. Um, Johnny, I browse a lot of random PC stuff. I go to bed, and before I go to bed, I open up my save search app, and I'm just browsing all these random hits for all these broad save searches I have. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Resurgence Pack came up. And I browse a lot of Call of Duty listings, because I'm looking for interesting Call of Duty stuff. This is the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 PC map pack, a physical version of it, and I've never seen it before. Any this 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 could be like the kind of thing where it's just like it's just on Amazon, Tyler, and no one puts their copies on eBay. But I've never seen it. It was four dollars, so I got the physical DLC for Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, I guess that's it. cool. Yeah, sure, I'm into it. it. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. Fine. I I've uh, I don't think I've ever played multiplayer Call of Duty. How do you feel about that? That's I only play the campaigns. Hundred percent campaigns. So weird. That's like super <laughs> weird. Actually, that that makes you a monster. I think. Uh, no, I mean, I got bored. Like Modern Warfare Two is the last one I was like playing them all the time. Oh wait, no, I played uh the new Modern Warfare. I played a bunch of multiplayer with my friends. I'm lying. That game's pretty good. Okay, so yeah, I was like, wow, that that sounds like something. That I was in. What, 2007? I don't think I was playing a lot of multiplayer FPS. But before that, I was into, like, Quake and Unreal. But also, I guess, and, like, Battlefield. I played a lot more multiplayer FPS in, like, the 90s, early 2000s for some reason. Okay. It's weird. It's weird. All right. Is that it, though? Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to throw in there? I mean, do you got anything else for me? Uh, Oh, I did put down a note. What was my note? No, I put down a note about the Galf gold cartridge. Yeah, no, already the, talked note, about. the note is when we do the influential games episode that we, we're going to fight about some stuff. I also have a note about wishing away poop, which I think is an after dark conversation you wanted to have. Um, Maybe. I don't even remember what that was now. I think. It... What a hot teaser for to join our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you had three wishes, would one of them be to wish away poop? Was that what it was? I don't know. I don't I think know. That was your thing? D- definitely not. 
Yeah. I are you kidding? A wish is really valuable. I'm not gonna wait. I don't. I I'm not for these. Like, oh, I'm gonna. What are your three wishes? Oh, I'm gonna pick a quirky one that is clearly a bad wish, but it shows like an aspect of my personality or something I care about. Like, fucking no. Give me like omnipotence. Give me like superpowers and immortality. I'm not wasting my wishes on frivolous things to reveal my personality to strangers, Johnny. Okay. Um. You you want to keep going? Like I I'm really curious to hear your three three wishes. Do you want to go into the after dark and uh, and explore your three wishes with me, or do you want to keep it out here? I I mean my three wishes. Not I mean tell me make the decision because I'll give you mine no, as well. I'm just I'm we're just gonna do it real fast, Johnny. But uh, oh, that's not how this conversation goes. We're gonna be here another hour. The uh, the first thing I'm gonna do with wishes, I'm going to try to figure out a way to game the system to get infinite wishes. That, because that, let, let's, let's if it's against the rules, I'm wishing yeah. that the rules were different. And if- no, no, let, let's <laughs> let's set up some bindings. Okay, there is a binding that no more wishes can be created uh, expressly. There's no way to break this rule. You have three, only three. You can only have three. There's no okay. way around it. It's completely bound. Okay. Um, you know, there, there's no, there's no wishing for more. There's no unwishing the rules. None of that shit works. Okay, you got three. I, I wish the rules could be broken. Tyler, <laughs> that, that can't happen. Like it. I wish it could happen. <laughs> okay, look, if you do that, it here's what'll happen. Let's make it like an old NES game. If you try to do it and it can't be done, it just fails, and now you've wasted a wish. <sighs> You can wish that the no attempt one... is made, and then guess what happens? Nothing. No one so ever wishes the wishes? game genie free, Johnny. Yeah. I'm sorry, I stole that joke from the hard drive. Uh, all right. Anyway, my first wish is absolutely for omnipotence, which is the best superpower because is it? if you know everything, you all, like let me let me get your full definition of omnipotence. Like you know everything that is. Now everything that ever was and everything that ever will be, yes. Like you have complete. I know so, oh man, everything, and I have the mental that capacity to process it. So I, it's not like that's got to be another wish. You have to wish for that first. <laughs> if well, you just, I could do a compound gin, wish. Gin, look, yeah, no, jinns are are evil creatures of <laughs> oh, chaos. This is a if monkey paw fuck, situation. Oh, I am not fuck, wishing yeah. at all. Oh. Yeah, look, like they will fuck you. They'll just be like, you're like, I wish I was omnipotent. And like all of a sudden you just you are just a drooling pile of flesh. <laughs> like, and you're just like, you can't do anything. You're just destroyed mentally because you wish for that. So yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure your brain can handle it first. So you wanna like like I would be very careful. Uh no, we're we're dealing with the Aladdin genie, who is a friendly genie. Um, never had a friend Robin like him. <laughs> never had a friend like him. Uh, yeah, definitely omnipotent. Because like, it, p- there's no. If I want to be invisible, or I want super speed, or I want to fly, not only could I build a jetpack if I was omnipotent, I would know how to build the physically most efficient form of human flight that could ever be conceived. I could do anything. Being omnipotent you know would be the best. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. But uh, that's a that. That's what, what, do you know what? Always trying to game the system. What are you talking? It's not gaming the system. Omnipotence is a real superpower. You're like, I don't need, yeah, I just, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not happy. Let me just omnipotently think of what's the thing that would make me the most happy in life. And then I just immediately just go do that. Yeah. What if, uh, yeah, I still think you get monkey's pot out here. So (laughs) here's what happens. Like, let's say you've got the capacity to be omnipotent, right? 
you just have the ability to know everything. And there's just so much unwanted knowledge that you wouldn't. And you would find yourself being like, I just wish I could find a way to make myself happy. And then you would realize the only way to make yourself happy would probably be killing yourself. Because because the solutions are never, they're never going to be good enough. They're never going to be permanent. People are always going to be terrible. Like you would just know all these horrible things. You would know about all the child rapes and murders happening instantly all the time fuck that so okay i want to select my omnipotence i don't know everything at all times but i can choose what things i want to know so i could be like oh what is johnny thinking right now and i would know that immediately but i wouldn't like immediately have the thoughts of everyone in my brain at all times you're like yeah banana and cucumber would be terrible in a salad together yes (laughs) <laughs> but I do think you're correct that when, like, if I was omnipotent and I was like, what's the way to be happy? Like, the eventual solution is just like, oh, yeah, kill yourself. And it just becomes like a Dr. Manhattan situation where he's like, I know everything yep. and I'm better than everyone. So I'm just going to move to Mars because everyone's worthless now. <laughs> so yeah, it's that- probably a bad wish. If I, like, actually thought about it, maybe I can't it would wait to me- see your blue junk leave Mars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. That's your first wish. Okay. What, what's your second one? Like, I mean, once, like, that's the ultimate wish. Once I do that, like, I'm at this point where I'm a drooling mess or I'm Dr. Manhattan on Mars or I have suddenly lost interest in everything because there's nothing to excite me anymore because I know everything. Uh, what's you? I like, I have nothing after that. The, I've always thought that that would be my superpower. And like, thinking back to like literally like Watchmen, like, no, maybe that's a horrible superpower and yeah. would definitely lead to me being devastated and unhappy and unfulfilled for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, and imagine you could never have real conversations with people. What a fucking horror oh my, show. I would already know everything they would say to me at all t- Oh yeah. my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, you, fuck that. No, thank you. God. Okay. So, uh, I have like this weird, it's like one of two things. Um, okay. So I wish I had a pocket dimension I could step into and then create my own reality. Basically like in my mind, it's like a, I can step into a library and then I can visit any of the world and all the books there. And in that reality time freezes, uh, I do not age. Uh, I can come in and go at any age that I've ever been. Um, but not, not something that I'm not already. Um, you know, I can just enter worlds at any point it, that, you know, are like fantasy or create my own through the, via this pocket dimension. And again, time stops. You don't age. You can go in there. You Like, you can experience years. You can choose to age while you're in the dimension. But when you come out, nothing has happened. Okay. One second has passed. I just want to point out that you were like, oh, you want omnipotence? Well, you, you need to also wish for the ability to process all that information. You can't combine those two wishes. And your wish is like, I want a pocket dimension, but here's all the things that are going to happen in the pocket dimension. Here's all the conditions that come. Oh, with no, that, it, and I, I would don't be fine. <laughs> no, no. I like, uh, I would be fine wasting all of my wishes to get some version of that. It's like, okay, I want a pocket dimension. Uh, that is sculpted to whatever reality I want. Okay, is that two wishes or one wish? And then I, I don't age one on there. Fine, uh, two wishes? No, I'm gonna. I, you can put as much as you want into one wish. Especially if it's a monkey pot one, because they'll let you do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. and then they'll fuck well, you Yeah, they, they, they give you enough rope to hang yourself with. That's yes. the point of the monkey's paw. Um, I don't think that's like a super compound wish. Anyways, what, what other wishes? We'll say, fine, keep going. What 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 is your other wish then? You got You got two more wishes. What else do you want? It's definitely not immortality. Immortality, I think, is maybe the only wish that's worse than omnipotence. 
that sounds like really attractive on its surface. Again, and that's like a monkey's paw. Like you find your body keeps aging forever and just like breaking down, uh, let, or you just like wait, get no, Alzheimer after dark. We're just gonna talk about because this was our after dark topic for real. Let's talk about yeah. uh, perpetual immortality. Um, I mean, I would it would either be for something like like wealth or maybe not immortality, but like me and everyone I love will live for another 10,000 years. Because you know what? Even if there's a nuclear holocaust, like if something horrible happens, which hopefully it doesn't. But if there's a reason uh, that like uh, me or anyone I love has to live in a situation that like, you know, if they like it, you know, dumped in a volcano or something. Uh, but probably that is not something that would happen within 10,000 years. Uh, and if it does, uh, that's a lot better than uh, eternity forever of living in a volcano. So I'm going with living for 10,000 years, you know, and not aging, let's say. And perpetual immortality sounds horrible. Yep. Just like, and again, I just think you'd monkey's paw, like your brain isn't designed for it. So you would like, what if you just got Alzheimer's? Like that, you gotta make compound like, wish, <laughs> and yeah. and perfect health, and uh, and yeah. I have and your brain and your brain has that deposit into my stock uh, or my bank account of whatever currency is the best currency of the day. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't matter because you could always just you could be so ahead of the curve it wouldn't just wouldn't matter. You would just be like, all right, and in case everything fails, I've buried a bunch of gold over here, and like you. Just like I put a little bit of money in a bank and it's just going to like roll on forever. The problem is that over a long enough period, like banks aren't going to be a thing. Like I, I honestly, like I think there is a chance of just the world ending within my lifetime, just of like nuclear Holocaust, whether it's, it's Russia and the United States or just like crazy terrorists finally figure out how to build nukes or they take over nukes in a country that weakly guards them. And they're just like, uh, we're terrorists. We're gonna start a nuclear holocaust right now and blow up like seventy five percent of the world. Yeah, uh, or like, uh, or a global pandemic actually that comes that is super deadly and uh, just wipes life off the face of the earth. Sure, it's could happen. Uh, yeah. So um. Anyway, uh, my, Johnny, my third wish, unironically, is gonna be to set the genie free, and this isn't out of altruism. It's going to be because I'm expecting. A reward like Aladdin getting the genie to just walk around with him for fucking ever. Aladdin is like, I, I love you, genie. I'm going to set you free. And now he's a fucking personal genie. Are you serious? Like, Aladdin, that no, was not the genie, a selfless the wish. The genie bails. The genie bails. Instantly leaves. Goes on vacation. Packs his bag. Goes to Disney. Absolutely like, not. We're yet? pretending to be its friend. Also, we're stringing it along. We're not making these three wishes. I mean, I'm going to be thinking about my three wishes, so I'm not going to be making them one right after another. But uh, uh, So you're going to be like out in the, the rain. Genie. You're going to be out in the rain with genie, and you're like, oh, this rain sucks. And genie's like, don't worry about it. Here's an umbrella. Boom. You're just going to keep him. Here's an like, umbrella. No, he's going to be like, oh, boom. Here, it's a sunny day now, because I'm a fucking genie. <laughs> Yeah, but then if you always did that, then your plants wouldn't get watered and you things would Oh, your die. plants are dead. Bam, now they're alive. And then Can't me and Genie are going to go to Mars and be like, Genie, nothing matters. And he's going to be like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he's already blue. And then his junk will be out. <laughs> oh my God, is Dr. Manhattan the Genie? Oh my God. <laughs> or is the Genie Dr. Manhattan? Watchmen the whole predates time? Aladdin. The genie know, is blue because Dr. Manhattan is uh, blue. Yeah. Yes. So the crux of time 
uh, like what we don't know is Aladdin is actually set several hundred thousand years in the future. And uh, this is what's become of Dr. Manhattan. Oh man. Oh man. This is the crossover event. I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. The, that's your new headcanon. Congrats. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, okay. You got a third wish. That, Besides that, just no. Just my third wish is wealth and happiness, and and living long. And my third wish is is freeing the genie. Yeah. So, like, another version of that wish is just that, like, I could enter any story, like at at any point, and as any character, just like the same version of that, like pocket reality. It's like, oh, I just want to, like, not necessarily like I could take over a character's part, or I could just be, you know, uh, just a person in that world. I was like always want to enter the worlds that I'm interacting with. You, th- What's that TikTok trend of people who do that? I don't know. Oh, man, you're not up to date with the kids. There's this whole community of people who are like, they like, I don't know if it's a joke that everyone plays along with, but they like, they're, they have like rituals to lucid dream where they become characters in fictional worlds. And like a popular thing is like, everyone is like, I was there. I was dating. I was dating Draco Malfoy, and it wasn't a dream. I was really there. Uh, it. I forget what uh, it's called. Nope. But um, that sounds like someone hit the stevia a little hard, and uh, you know. Hold on. Hold on. About. I can't believe you don't know what this is. I have never heard of any of them. Oh, you need to look into it. Uh, what it's? Oh, we, we need to end this episode. By the way, too. Oh. All right, that's it. Thanks. Bye. Uh, we didn't say where we're from. It's Default Gen. Default G E N. You can find him on the video game sages and on our Patreon and once in a while on Instagram. And I'm Johnny. That's Johnny underscore Ayuchi. And you can find me on Instagram and our Patreon. Thanks so much for listening. That's our show. And if you want to hear about them wishes, you know what to do. Go to the go to the Discord and, and find it. All right. Bye. That is our show. I just want to make it very clear. Uh, the the CU podcast from Pat the NES Punk put out two YouTube videos from their podcast. With There were separate topics. It was like, how would you rebuild your collection if you lost everything? And what are five games you would own complete in box? Like, you put those two together, and that is basically our episode. And we recorded this like a week and a half ago. We are not over here cribbing ideas from the CU podcast, I promise. As basic of an idea as this episode was anyway. I have to go. I am waking up at 3 a.m. tomorrow. I don't have time to make new nicknames for the new patrons and give everyone a shout out this week. I'm very sorry. You are all very appreciated. 8-bit music, A-P-E-bit, like the monkey. .bandcamp.com. He does our intro music. Special shout out to our brand new patrons, NZ Collector, another one of these GBA guys. We have so many GBA guys uh, in the Discord. Also, GBO Metric from uh, Trade and Games, tradeandgames.com, giving you the free shout out for your Patreon pledge here. No, Trade and Games is actually a good website because they show you the actual video games that you're purchasing. And it's, it's not like bullshit old stock from three years ago that you buy it and they're like, oh, you bought a Contra from us at, for $100? Actually, we meant to price that at $300 which is definitely something that has actually happened. Oh, I don't have to say anyone's names now. I can just go to bed. All right, see ya.